True love. 71 right now on DVE. At DVE, around DVE, near DVE. All over DVE. I'm Val Porter. A SWAT standoff in California ended yesterday with the death of a suspect. Police say Joshua Corbett was found dead of a self-inflicted injury inside a house after he barricaded himself there. Cops had reportedly showed up to arrest Corbett on suspicion of parole violation, but he locked himself away after threatening officers. He was on probation following his conviction for stalking actress Sandra Bullock in 2014. Oh, yeah, I remember that story. Dude? Yeah. That's a weird story. Yeah. That's a very strange ending and just sad. In other strange celebrity stalker news, a man is facing charges for allegedly trying to extort money from comedian Kevin Hart. Authorities say 41-year-old Jonathan Jackson is jailed in Los Angeles on $35,000 bail and is ordered not to have any sort of contact with Hart. Jackson is accused of attempting to get a payment last year in return for not publicizing a videotape of Hart carousing with a woman in Las Vegas. At the time, Hart went public saying he made a bad error in judgment but wouldn't give in to extortion. Remember we had the comic on that was like making fun of him for all of this? Yes. And who it was Michael Blackson. That's it. yeah, he's from Africa. Yeah. You motherfuckers. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's yeah. hilarious. He was saying that uh Kevin Hart can sit on a curb and have his feet dangle. <laughs> he was just <laughs> he had some really funny jokes about him. Ralph Macchio is coming back to TV, the actor is starring in the karate kid spin-off Cobra Kai, which debuts on YouTube Red. And everyone's talking about this. I don't know what YouTube Red is. I guess it's just another app. The series takes yeah, place. Yeah, streaming uh, device. Right. The series takes place 34 years after the original story. Macchio and William Zabka played his opponent, Johnny Lawrence. Put him in a body bag, Johnny. Sweep the leg, Johnny. They reprise their roles and reignite their on screen rivalry. Streaming service. Speaking of streaming services, streaming service Hulu's U.S. subscriber numbers are streaming ahead. Steaming ahead, I should say. The company today boasted it's added 3 million new American subscribers since January. That's a lot. Yeah, that is. I thought Hulu was dead in the water when it started. I don't know why people like it. (laughs) I mean, I just think Netflix is better. Well, they are far ahead with 55 million subscriptions, but it's only added 2 million in the first quarter. The subscriber figures... The announcement of a third season for the hit The Handsmaid Tale and a multi-year deal with DreamWorks Animation were revealed during Hulu's annual upfront presentation in New York. Hulu and DreamWorks Animation will team to create original children's and families uh, series programming. Well, that's what's always going to drive the subscriptions, the original programming. I mean, how many different things do you have for, like, one show? Like, I, I, I only watch one or two things on Showtime. So do I. I don't watch all the movies on Showtime. I pay the extra money. Just I'm all, I I have Hulu. I hardly ever watch Hulu. Oh, I know. I forget that I have Hulu. Occasionally, I forget that I have Hulu. Until I get charged for it, and I'm like, ah, oh, I have Hulu. <laughs> Buddy Guy announces a brand new album. He's set to release. His new studio album, The Blues, is alive and well. It's available June 15th on CD and vinyl. The 14-track set features guest appearances by Mick Jagger and you did the on You Did the Crime and uh, guitar greats Keith Richards and Jeff Beck on Cognac. Meanwhile, the 81-year-old Rock and Roll Hall of Famer has well over 30 North American tour dates scheduled starting tomorrow night in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Little does, Bessie Girl I once knew. Does he have any kids? Does he have a son? like Buddy Guy? Yeah, that's named like Dude Bro. Probably, yeah. Because that'd be awesome <laughs> if he could tour and keep the legacy alive. Max Sam, 
Mac Pal. Uh, yes, is set to embark on its 50th anniversary North American tour. Has other plans to mark their golden anniversary. The 35-stop trek kicks off June 5th in St. Charles, Illinois, and uh, wraps up in uh, Atlanta on uh, 28th of June, or July, I'm sorry. Just announced will feature founding memory Tony Kay as special guest for the entire run. Meanwhile, on July 21st in Philadelphia, the band will host the Yes Fan Fest 50 True Summers Fan Convention featuring various Yes alumni, including Patrick Mraz. Finally, wow, Yes is having a big year. Yes, the Stephen Wilson remixes. <laughs> yes Five is doing a lot of things. Be available on June 29th. Yes is having a big year. Long time James yes Brown year. drummer John Jabo Starks is dead at the age of 79. Oh. Starks' manager confirmed he won't be able to go to the yes stuff now. Poor no. guy. Starks' manager confirmed the musician died last week at his home in Mobile, Alabama after battling leukemia and uh, other stuff. He's been in hospice care for about a week. He played on like all the big hits. Cold Sweat, Get Get Up, uh, Sex Machine, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud, Super Bad, and The Payback. So that was like the era when like Bootsy Collins and all those guys came in, right? That was like the second run. Was he? Did he do the Rumble in the Jungle? Remember when, did you know that James Brown performed yes. before the Muhammad Ali? That that was that was uh, a tremendous, tremendous fight. Pretty and, remarkable, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, Play-Doh helps nab a perpetrator. A suspected shoplifter is under arrest after Massachusetts police used a fingerprint in Play-Doh to help identify the man. Oh, I thought they meant the philosopher. No, Play-Doh, like the the clay. Lester Police. That's how you say it, right? L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R. Lester Mass. Isn't that how you say it? Lester Police said a shoplifter covered anti-theft devices at a Walmart with Play-Doh on December 11th. The alarm still sounded, <laughs> dummy, and the suspect rammed. <laughs> But employees later found the devices covered in the compound behind the store. A piece of Play-Doh contained a fingerprint, and police shared a photo of the print on March 29th. This week, police said the Connecticut Forensics Laboratory contacted them last month and said the print matched that of 55-year-old Dennis Jackson. Oh, good old Dennis. Old Denny. Warrants in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. He was arrested and is being held without bound. Okay. Uh, the aforementioned Kevin Hart uh, run by comedian Michael Blackson. Well, let me ask you this. All right, yes. So you came out of Philadelphia. Now, yes. there's a lot of Philly comics that came out like in your class, like Big J. Uh, wasn't Keith Robinson a Philly Keith guy, Robinson, too? Yeah. Keith Kevin. was like a few years before me. Kevin was like a few years after me. Uh, um, so are you ba are you brawling with Kevin Hart right now? Are you yeah, how you know about that stuff, man? <laughs> <laughs> Why you are know, you Kev, fighting with well, Kevin Kev, Hart? Kev, you know, Kev became a big star and became a little sensitive, you know. Yeah. And he and coming from Philly, we are not sensitive at all. It, we, you know, we grind each other up, we clown each other on everything we do wrong, you know. And he got upset that I made fun of him <laughs> when he got caught up, you know, uh, with his little affair, and I. Yeah, because he got caught cheating on his, his wife or his wife. Was she pregnant at, sex the pregnant, pregnant at the time? Sex tape. Pregnant at the time. And then he cried on, on the on tape. On camera. He yeah. pretty much cried. I'm like, Kev, you just you make yourself so vulnerable putting yourself on camera and crying. Right. You're just making a savage person like me just give me so much material. <laughs> and I ate him up, you know. You told him I, to commit suicide by jumping off the, the curb. curb. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I was like, Kev, I, all I said was, listen, Kev, don't 
say nothing yet. Wait for the tape. Wait for the sex tape. Right. <laughs> and when it comes out, just lie. I lie all the time. I'm lying right now. <laughs> America say the truth will set you free. The truth will send you to jail, Cam. <laughs> lie. The tape came out. The tape was blurry. It could have been anybody. It could have been Webster, Gary Coleman. <laughs> You could have waited. You could have blamed it on somebody else. <laughs> if I was his wife, you know what I'd do to punish him? I'd put all his good shoes on the top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you guys were talking about Netflix earlier, you know, yeah. and Monique, you know, had a little thing. She, yeah. She was offered half a million dollars to do a stand-up special. And she felt insulted, and she wanted us to boycott Netflix. Yeah. I said, Monique, Netflix costs $10.99. You are on your own. <laughs> I, boycott, I boycott Comcast, <laughs> Direct TV, <laughs> but Netflix... <laughs> Bitch, you on your own. <laughs> That's too, that is just too we, much of a bargain. I, we love discounts, Monique. <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike, proceeded with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And, uh, well, they did what none of us thought they would do. What you guys didn't think they would do. Huh? I told you since the morning after the game he was going to get suspended for this. Okay. And he did. Well, Because if you read the rule, it's pretty easy to understand. All right. So well, I'm the uh, I, I you know I hate to Jeez. keep dealing with facts here. I know it's an emotional series, and everybody wants to pile on Tom Wilson and blame him everything, blame him for everything from what happened to Zach Aston Reese to the uh, state of affairs in the world. But let's go over it one more time. Sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Part of what the Department of Player Safety takes into consideration on hits to the head is, and I'm quoting Rule 48.1 from the rule book. Whether the opponent materially changed the position of his body or head immediately prior to or simultaneously with the hit in a way that significantly contributed to the head contact. Brian Dumoulin stopped on a dime and turned back the, the other direction. That is a significant change of his body position. No suspension. Zach Aston Reese did not. Shoulder to the head. Three games off for Tom Wilson. Everybody can exhale now. Um, what about the second part of that rule that says that the hit, if if it's deemed unavoidable, do you that, think that, that... That is also taken into consideration. Do you think the Brian Dumoulin hit was unavoidable? I don't think you can make that determination by looking at the video. Personally, yeah, I do. But like, if, like we said right after that one, I think he saw an opportunity... And took advantage of it. I think he knows the rule pretty well. So he got off on the technicality on the first one. Do you think that that first hit had an impact on the three games that he got for the second one? No. I think his prior history did. That's the other point I wanted to make about this. I heard a lot of people saying, well, he's a repeat offender, so if there's any doubt, he's guilty. No, that's not what comes into play. It comes into play, the prior history comes into play on the discipline. Not whether or not he's guilty. Well, he got suspended twice in the preseason. Yeah. So that doesn't come into play? It comes into play when they're deciding the discipline. In other words, it's a, it's a harsher penalty. Right. Not you, you know, that doesn't come into play when you're trying to figure out whether or not he did it. The, the facts of the case determine whether or not he did it. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, what you, about you don't, when say, it's... you don't say? Well, you've jaywalked three times previously, so I'm not sure if you did I don't it this know. time. We seem to be hung up on the semantics here. There are a lot of people who are are. This reminds me of the Jesse James thing. Exactly. And... Great analogy. And the, the letter of the law, the way was, the rule was written, Jesse James dropped the ball. If people just try to live in reality, I think they'll be a lot less frustrated. Well, no, they'll just be it, frustrated with the right source, if it makes which it, is the NHL rule book. You know, if it makes well, yeah, I think it's a bad rule too. But that's what we're playing with right now. That's what I said is that they'll yeah. shift their frustration to the right target. But a lot of people on the network, Mike, were were not convinced that it was a headshot. They were saying shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, I I can't speak for them. I so it wasn't Jeremy Roenick. It wasn't I, just us being. You know, homers. There's a lot of that going around, though, don't you think? Of course, but... Oh, yeah, naturally. But I don't yeah. know how you could look at that from from any perspective and and think that the guy was not trying to take him out. I don't either. And I think... I, Bill, I think you were emphasizing this point. He landed in the third row, for crying out loud. If you're up over <laughs> the dasher boards yeah. after a check where you're bigger than the guy you're hitting, explain that one. Even I've noticed on uh, Twitter, Daniel Carcillo is now signing uh, off on all these things. Mm-hmm. He's in some sort of organization, or he's running an organization that's researching this stuff. Or uh, I, I really don't pay that much attention to Daniel Carcillo, but I've seen him pop up on Twitter because somebody I know must keep retweeting him. He's dedicating his brain to uh, to be studied after he after he dies. It's a good one because it'll be unused. <laughs> oh God! Plenty of stains yeah. on it. Fresh one. Oh man, Bobby Knight. Abby said, normal. Bobby Knight said that about sports writers one time. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> this is a good line. Yeah, it's not bad. But you know when flyer goons start coming out of the woodwork saying that it was a dirty hit, probably a dirty hit. It's a dirty hit. <laughs> the thing that everybody's probably uh, not appreciating uh, in this situation is Tom Wilson's a pretty good hockey player. And he's a first-round winger for the Caps, and this is a big deal for them not having him for three games. He's got uh, two goals, five assists, and seven points through nine games. He's almost a point-a-game player. He's plus seven, which leads their team in plus-minus. And he creates a lot of room for Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov. No question. So, uh, celebrate the justice if you want, but... Uh, the bigger deal for your hockey team, if you're an obsessed Penguins fan, is that the Caps aren't going to be as good in Game 4 tonight as they might otherwise have been had Tom Wilson been eligible to play. I so- hope he's lacing up golf cleats instead of <laughs> hockey skates. <laughs> we'll finish this thing out. Before they go back home, he's going to stop by Dick's Sporting Goods and pick up a couple <laughs> dozen titles just in case. <laughs> no, I guess they'd actually have to come back, right, for the Pens to win. Yeah. yeah. At this point, yeah, because it's one here, one, one, one. But they could keep him off the ice for the rest of the year. They could. Wouldn't that be sweet? Yeah. Wouldn't that be better than chasing him down and beating him over the head with a stick? Marginally. Marginally. (laughs) Marginally better. Just want to pound the flesh. Just a little bit better. But not much. Best way to shake hands. Best ways to shake hands is say, nice series. Got to go. Got to go play in the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah. Oh. I want that to happen. And then, you know, I don't care what happens till we play Boston. <laughs> Might not be playing Boston. I more, know. More on that in a minute. First, uh, let's deal with the Pens yesterday. Mike Sullivan did not know when he spoke with the media yesterday that Tom Wilson had been suspended, but he was aware that there would be a hearing. 
and he, for the most part, said he really didn't care. I don't think our team even focuses on it, quite honestly. You know, we're, we're focused on playing hockey. That's the most important aspect of the game. We're going to do our job, and that's, that's control what we can. We're going to try to learn from each experience, as I said. We're going to watch some film. Um, we broke down the game. We're, we're trying to look at areas where we can improve and get better, and then we're going to look at that next opportunity, and that's game four. And Barry Trotz had uh, talked about a potential Wilson suspension right after game three on Tuesday night. He didn't think one was warranted, but uh, he said on Tuesday that uh, if such a suspension was forthcoming, the Caps would accept it. There's a very passionate fan base, as we have a fashion, a very passionate fan base. Pitt does. Um, and you, you can't be neutral. That's why there's a, a neutral party that looks at it. Um, and, if, you know, we've just said all along that whatever the league decides, we're, we're good with them. And um, to me, it was a it was a hard hockey hit. And the league has decided it wasn't, so presumably Washington's still good with it. Penn's Caps, game four tonight. Uh, the Lightning beat the Bruins 4-1 to one in Boston last night. Tampa Bay leads that series two games to one. And San Jose beat Vegas 4 to nothing. <laughs> the Sharks have tied things up Flurry, at uh, two games apiece. Flurry landed a couple... Oh, no, they would have been 14 or 15 to nothing without Marc-Andre Fleury's greatness. I'd bite your tongue. He's the best ever. You got a you got a He's hair trolling your... heavy. He's trolling heavy this morning. You are extra. I'm, I'm a little wound up for the game, I guess. Yeah, it might, might be it. And I think, you know, we didn't talk enough about what a good hockey game that was. Tuesday night, that was really was... compelling playoff stuff. It was a good hockey Back game, forth, but I think it was an. Ex- I think it was more of an exciting hockey game, uh, the, you know, because good. There were a lot of bad plays by the Penguins that allowed for a lot of the excitement. What well, you know, there were, but I I just thought it was tight checking, and yet it was four three. There there was offense. There were some right. great saves. There was physicality. A lot of shots on that. There's something at stake. Um, I, I I really enjoy watching games like that. I what it was it was being replayed yesterday on uh, on the network, and I was watching some of it, and I just wanted to see that hit. You know, context of the game, what the guys were saying, and the energy in the arena. It looked like the Penguins lost a little gas, and and the Caps scored like almost immediately after that. Yeah, oh, it had a, it had an impact, no question. And uh, Randall, you were making the point that. Uh, Mata got slew-footed on the play that resulted in the two-on-one, and he did. Uh, I hadn't seen some of the angles that I've seen yeah. since. Oh, Tom yeah. Wilson. But I, I would say this to people that are frustrated about that. Do not for one second absolve the incredibly stupid pass he made at the start of that No, I, I, that was the point we made yesterday yeah. is that there was an unbelievably dumb play followed yeah. up by a penalty. <laughs> you know, the guy shouldn't have been on the ice in the first place to to to, to, to commit another to penalty. Commit another penalty. was a factor in what turned out to be the game-winning goal. Yeah. Uh, 9-3, Nationals over the Pirates last night. The Nats are taking batting practice against the Buccos hmm. in this series. Yvonne Nova, four and two-thirds, 11 hits, eight runs, five of them earned. Two walks, five strikeouts. He falls to two and two. Bucks are 17 and 14. One more with the Nats today. Trevor Williams against Jeremy Hellickson, and uh, last but not least this hour, uh, Randy, we had some fun yesterday with the uh, Ben Roethlisberger story in the Post-Gazette. Ed Bouchette quoting Ben Roethlisberger is uh, saying that the potential Mason Rudolph ear in Pittsburgh is not going to be for a while. 
because Roethlisberger intends to play three to five more years. Now it's three to five more years, yeah. Uh, he also said at the end, Tim Benz pointed this out to me, Roethlisberger also, uh, according to Bouchette, at the end of that story said he has yet to meet or talk to Rudolph. Here we go again. All right, well, Tim Benz, uh, part of our wall-to-wall draft coverage on ESPN Pittsburgh, interviewed James Washington on Saturday, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State, not the quarterback. The wide receiver from Oklahoma State told Benzie that he had heard from Big Ben right after he got picked. Um, you heard from Ben or AB or Juju yet? I talked to Ben. Yeah. Did you? What, yeah, did he call you? Uh, he called me, but see, it was months going on. I missed his call, and then I, I texted him because I didn't know if he was busy. But, uh, you know, like I told him, I said, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of this team and, and honored to be amongst the legend, you know, like him. So, you know, that's, that's good for me. Well, then you got to turn your back on Rudolph. I think how he was doing that, Randy, was he was going to just go down the order of how they were selected. So he reached out to James Washington, and then his phone battery died. That must have been what it was. You know how that happened. Couldn't get it. Couldn't find Rudolph's number. He misplaced it. You know, you know, you forget to put it in sometimes right away, and then you can't find the piece of paper you wrote the number down. I predict that this is going to be a short-lived. Um petulant episode from Ben here and that he's going to be very helpful to this guy because it is going to be made clear to him they want seven and I think he already knows that his behavior in the past which again this is like Brett Favre this is like any number of super competitive quarterbacks throughout the NFL's history that weren't exactly ready to embrace the idea that they were done, even though he had floated it, which might have been more to get Haley out of here than anything. But might have been, you know. Uh, I think he's going to end up being pretty, pretty helpful to this kid because, again, we all knew this behavior was coming. So once he realizes, oh, okay, the the jig is up. Everybody knows this is my mo. He'll be like, ah, it's better to steer into the skid. That's my prediction. My prediction is he's going to end up being very helpful. Especially after he gets to an OTA and watches him throw. That's the other thing. It's oh, the anxiety this of... This guy doesn't have my arm. The unknown. Look. But I don't have his hair. I'm still worried. Really smart. Big dude. Not as good as Ben was coming out of college. But has all the tools. If, I mean, Ben has nothing to worry about. I could have the tools. Josh Dobbs. I could go... But you don't. The hardware store and buy one of those craftsman things with, you know, the mobile case that has every kind of wrench in it, known <laughs> the man. I still wouldn't know what the hell to do with them. Well, what'd you get on the Wonderlick? Coming up, top of the hour in news. More stuff. <laughs> I've never actually taken one of those. Our buddy uh, Matt Huff, Huffy's going to call in and uh, review the Avengers for us. Huffy is, Huffy. of course, he's one of the uh, patients from Children's Hospital. That we met last year. He got a new heart about two weeks before we interviewed him the first time. He's a real life Iron Man. He is. So he's gonna. He's uh, our Marvel expert. So uh, he's gonna give us a quick review of Avengers if you haven't seen it. Also, Stan Savern later this morning and Frank Zappa band legendary member Napoleon Murphy Brock is gonna call in at nine o'clock. He's coming into town with Project Object in a, in a couple weeks. He's Badass. Or is it a couple weeks, or when is that show? May 8th. May 8th. Well, so there you go. Five days from now. But uh, a legend. Did he get a call from Ben? 
<laughs> we'll ask Napoleon Murphy Brock if he did. Uh, that's all on the way for you here. DV. It's a DV morning show. Our buddy Matt Huff is uh, joining us right now on the uh, telephone. Huffy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, buddy. What's going on? What's up, dude? Now, hey, Bill. so we just finished with uh, uh, April was uh, uh, Organ Don- Donor Month, right? What was it? Uh, Donate Life Month. Donate Life Month. That was it. And you are talking to us today because somebody was an organ donor. Yes. You got a brand new heart last year. And so we always like to stress the importance of organ donation when we're talking to you. Oh, yeah. How's that heart going, Huffy? I mean, are you getting uh, doing all the proper maintenance on it, getting the oil changes and everything? I try to. Good. I try and keep up with it. Well, you're able to go and see movies and give us a review. So being that you are not only the Children's Hospital Marvel uh, expert, aficionado, but you are the official DVE Morning Show superhero movie reviewer. So tell us about Avengers. What did you think? Oh, my God. It was so good. Yeah? It was amazing. I'd give it a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Don't worry. Don't worry. No one talked me into that or down on that one this time. Good. Your little brother probably didn't care for it. Actually, he liked it. He liked it. All right, so you like this as much as Black Panther? Uh, no, this one was better. Whoa, better. Whoa. What was better about this? Tell us about what you liked about Avengers. Well, I, I, you know, I read the comics and stuff. Well, the comics had a different um, end game for Thanos, but this one, I, this one was like kind of was different, but it was good. I like this one much better. Like, I don't want to give anything away, because like, no one's ever watched any of the other movies. They probably wouldn't understand it. Well, that's so. what I wanted to ask you, Huffy. Am I going to understand this movie if I haven't seen the other 18? Uh, probably not. <laughs> oh, and wait, my buddy Tommy's here, too, so he's watched it, and he likes it. Okay, so... Um, we don't care yeah, about Tommy. Like, we only care about you, Huffy. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I don't care about your buddy Tommy. That's not right. I I only watched Black Panther before, but I just saw it with him the other day too. And I mean, I I liked it. Like I just watched a recap of like every other movie like on YouTube that took like ten minutes or something. But for the uh-huh. most part, I liked it too. So Which it of those uh, uh, superheroes is your favorite, though? Mine or his? Yours. Don't care. We don't care about Tommy. Wait, how many people are on the phone right now? Are we on three way? No, he's uh- here with me. All right, look, again, this is not Tommy's movie review. This is Huffy's movie review. I know, I know. But you know I like Storm. I know, you're looking for your own Ebert. We need you to just be Siskel right now and tell us the deal. Who's your favorite superhero? I said Star-Lord. Yeah, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And here's my question for you, Huffy. Um, I know that this one, they're all, uh, the whole... um, the whole conflict Everyone, is around man. gathering the Infinity Stones. Yeah. What are Infinity Stones, and why are they so important? Um, well, whenever Thanos gets them, he can destroy half the universe with the snap of his fingers. But once he just has two, he's the most powerful being in the universe. Uh-huh. Why, what, what are they? They, whenever, like, in the movie, like, whenever, like, the universe was created... They were like they were created then, and like whoever holds them is like <clears throat> the most powerful being in the universe. And like, there's 
well, there's six different ones. There's time, space, reality, mind, um, the soul stone, and um, the power stone. Okay. All right. So hmm. that the 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 crux of Infinity Wars laid out with all those superheroes. Uh, this is your favorite Marvel movie so far, correct? Uh, I put it in my top five, but my favorite's the first Avengers movie. Okay. So that being said, which one are you looking forward to coming up? Uh, Ant Man and Wasp. How come Ant Man wasn't in Infinity War? Uh, well, did you watch Civil War? No. No. <laughs> uh, well, well, um, it, well, in Civil War, Ant Man and Hawkeye, it was like hard on their families, so that's why they're not in this one. Oh, yeah, they have that domestic life. Uh, all right, well, yeah. so you give it a 9 out of 10. It gets 9 huffs. Yes. Out of 10. All right, and you were uh, a guest of uh, of Bill and the uh, folks from Jameson's Army at the Greenheart Gala a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, I, that was really fun. I'm yeah, so yeah. glad you could be there, Huff, and and uh, and, and it, how cool was it to see all your nurses and doctors there, too? Oh, that was really cool hanging out with them. Other than, you know what I mean, like just not hanging out in the hospital atmosphere. Did it feel like seeing your teachers outside of school? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but how's your health doing then? You're, everything's going good? The new ticker is still yeah. working good? Yeah, it's working. I, I'm in some rejection, so I go um, this Friday or next Friday for a biopsy to see how everything is. Okay. What do they say about going to see these Avenger movies? Oh, they said it's fine. Okay. Yeah, because when I first got my heart, um, Thor came out in November, and they're like, yeah, you can't go see that one. <laughs> right. But, but I went anyway. You did? I was like, yeah, you're not stopping me. <laughs> Be careful, buddy. All right, listen to your doctors. Yeah. Take care. Bye, Take care, Huffy. Uh, continued uh, health to you, buddy. And uh, we'll uh, give you a shout for the next Marvel movie, okay? All right, sounds All good. right, tell Tommy he's on deck. If you're you know, if you're know, sick yeah. or you can't make it, if you're doing another t uh, radio show that morning. Next man up. Tommy's our backup. All right. All right, buddy. Take care. Have a good weekend, Huffy. All right, see you, man. Okay, man, we'll see, see you. Dude. It's our buddy Matt Huff. Matt got a brand new heart at Children's Hospital last year. And uh, it's crazy. Yeah, he's been on the show a bunch of times. What was it, September, October of last year? We met him in June. Yes. And uh, of last year. And then a couple of weeks, like literally two weeks before Radiothon last year, he received a new heart. And then he After was after waiting in the hospital for forty two days. Yeah, and he was sitting there with me and uh, and you and Brett Kiesel, the morning of Radiothon when we were broadcasting from Children's Hospital. So That's right. amazing turnaround there. Radiothon this year, uh, it's uh, five months away. Like, wow. Yeah, it's like four and a half months away right now. It's crazy. It's best part of the year. For no me. doubt about it. No doubt about it. Okay, Huffy gives it nine out of ten. So again. If you're looking for a reason to go see it, it's got the uh, it's got the uh, two thumbs up, two huffs up. Yeah, and Tommy liked it too. So I mean, if that pushes you over the edge, <laughs> Tom, Tommy also enjoyed. A it. lot of people give yeah weigh that more heavily. Yeah, the Penguins uh, taking on the it. Capitals tonight in Game Four, and Tom Wilson will not be there. He gets a three game suspension from the league. More on the fallout of that. Plus. An impassioned Phil Bork on the show yesterday where we revisit some of his more choice thoughts in this matchup between the Penguins and the Capitals, which is now 2-1 in favor of the Caps 
and they go back at it again tonight. Wasn't he? He did a show more recently where there was like a thunderstorm. It was and the he Blues play. Festival. He, uh, which I think was three years ago, Hartwood Acre. Acres, and it downpoured. Opened up. Yeah, and uh, I ended up in the tent with Mike Lang, uh, watching the rains just pour down and kill the show. So then we, you know, we're like, well, they're not going to restart this. Let's go. And we all left only to find out Dr. John came out like 80 minutes later and finished his set. Speaking of letting people feed him lines, how awesome would it be if he did a song of all Mike Langisms? That uh, would be great. <laughs> Get in the fast lane, Grandma. <laughs> Grab my back with a hacksaw. What do you got, Val? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Well, you know, I'm headed down to New Orleans after the show. I hope. <laughs> I'm supposed to go down to Jazz Fest uh, as soon as the show's done today. I make the flight, we'll be in good shape. I've had well, bit- you're not going to miss the flight. No, uh, well, who knows? Having a bit of an ear situation right now. What's going on with Anybody your ears? Anybody that has tinnitus or tinnitus, as it's called, like Pete Townsend has. So I have it. Scott Blasey just went through a real rough period with it, I know, from the Clarks. From Rick, Rick Witkowski. Witkowski. Yeah. So I've had it too, but it's manageable. But yesterday it exploded on me. How does how does that happen? I don't know. It, it had been a lot. It had started to slowly like I felt it coming on, coming on. So my ears are ringing to the point where I can't have my headphones really going right now. So I'm, if I make any more missteps than usual today, it might be because of that, and it's probably going to put me in the back of the uh, festival crowd, which is fine. You know, I, I don't need to be up front or anything like that. But uh, th- this might take me out of the club shows. Yeah, one thing you don't want when you're going down to, to see several shows <laughs> is to is have sensitive ears. Yeah, my ears are all blown up. It's like I got like Tom Wilson just <laughs> jettisoned himself through my ear canal. <laughs> Three-game suspension for Tom Wilson handed down by the NHL. I'm and- totally surprised, and it's awesome. It, uh, I'm surprised, but I think I was also trying to set myself up to not be surprised. Yeah. No, I was fully expecting Aston Reese to get maybe penalized. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? What you got to be uh, in charge of your jaw there? You, you put your jaw, your jaw right in the right? way of his shoulder. So um, sad. Uh, uh, well, not sad, but uh, uh, good news for the Penguins. Sad news for Zach Aston Reese, who has a concussion, a broken jaw. Uh, his season is over, and I would imagine his off season is going to be a big, big uh, struggle. Oh, yeah. I mean, watching that hit yesterday, I'm, his jaw snaps completely off. Ugh. It is, it's just heart wrenching to watch that. Well, Phil Bork has some choice words about that. We'll get to those in a moment. I'm going to give you the news this morning. Val's filling in for Sean. Uh, Sean is out this week. Val's filling in for him. So it's, uh, you know, we've uh, shaken shake up the boggle box a little bit, and uh, DJs are falling all over the place here. Uh, and their ears are falling apart. My, yeah, my ears are. Uh, your weather this morning brought to you by Bridgeville. Central 11. 72 degrees right now at DVE. Former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice says Kanye West should be able to express his views. The rapper has been in the media spotlight lately after showing support for President Trump and a controversial statement that 400 years of African-American slavery was a choice. Asked her thoughts on the issue Wednesday on Fox Business, Rice said not everyone has to think politically the same way. She said people should never assume what's on someone's mind because of their race. So she's going, I guess what she's saying there, just because he's black doesn't mean Kanye West isn't a complete idiot. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think you can hold your own view, but when you start saying that history was a choice, I think that's incredibly ignorant. 
He's going on. Uh, is he going on uh, uh, Alex Jones' show? Oh my God, he's going on Infowars. I don't know. Uh, he, That's must. I read TV. that on the internet, but it might have been facetious. I uh, I saw um, the TMZ clip where yeah. he was in the TMZ studios, where he's arguing with an entire office, and they're all destroying him. Yeah, he's just getting completely served by TMZ staffers. Our our uh, our good friend Norlex Belma, comedian, mm-hmm. uh, tweeted out if <laughs> Kanye wouldn't be saying any of this if he had a black wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's you blame the Kardashians yes. once again. Exactly, he's been in the Kardashian bubble, but the troubled Weinstein company is declaring a winner in its bankruptcy sale after the company initially made claims of dozens of bidders interested in purchasing the studio. It really came down to three major players: Broadway producer Howard Kagan, Sonar Entertainment, and Lantern Capital. So I guess uh, Burkle got out of it then, huh? Oh, Burkle's hilarious. The winning company, private equity firm Lantern Capital, has no ties to the movie industry. Lantern often offered the Weinstein Company three hundred ten million dollars to take over the movie studio, but will that doesn't seem like a lot? No. They will also absorb almost one hundred fifteen million dollars in debt. Oh, maybe that's why. The Weinstein Company spiraling after being hit with sexual misconduct allegations against its co-founder Harvey Weinstein. How about that creep? Telling people, I'll be back. Hollywood will forgive me. I mean, I guess you have to be a sociopath to do what he did in the first place. So, of course, this is how a sociopath would think. Yeah, he's not coming back. No. Big year for sociopaths. American Idol paying tribute to Prince. The top seven contestants this season will be performing songs from the late pop icon during Sunday night's episode. His tracks that will be covered include Nothing Compares to You, When Doves Cry, Kiss, and How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore. It will be the first time the show in any singing competition has had a special tribute episode honoring Prince. Of course, he died two years ago from an accidental drug overdose. I'm sure Prince would love this. Not. He hated these shows. Yes, that's why there's never been a Prince tribute show before. He hated uh, the uh, hologram stuff. Hmm. You know, he never wanted to be represented after his death. He talked about that. He said, you know... If he was coming back, it would be as a ghost, not as a hologram. At any rate. I think American Idol shouldn't have stopped short of totally desecrating Prince's legacy. <laughs> Get a hologram. Make it a duet. They're just urinating on his, on his <laughs> I plot mean, it's really while they're singing. The exact opposite of his wishes. It doesn't matter. Hey, this let this be a lesson to you. Tidy up your affairs. Get ironclad legal agreements that won't allow your, you know your image or your art to be used after your death in a manner that you don't find befitting. I've been thinking about my death, honestly, recently. Yeah, and me and too. for two reasons. One is everybody's telling me, you know, oh, you gotta get you gotta get a will, you have to have life insurance. And I'm like, well if I get life insurance, then Serena's gonna kill me. Cause that's how it happens. I right. mean I've watched enough Dateline. Lifetime that- Lifetime television is predicated upon that very act. That's what happens. Just months before, he took out a $5 million life insurance policy, and then he was brutally murdered. That and the other thing is, I've I've had this zen-like um, relationship with almost everyone in my life to the point where I'm like, I'm not quarreling with anyone. I feel like I'm on a really good page with my parents. I always say, you Serena, have been. My no, I'm kids. usually keep, kept abreast of your your uh, quarrels, and you have a clean slate right now. And that's why I feel like I'm going to die suddenly. See, I find that I care less and less about dying. 
Whereas but I used you, to have like a Woody Allen uh, fear of it. Yes. Now I, I, you know, I just don't want it to be painful. <laughs> I don't care if it's tomorrow. It's not the death part. It's the, the dying. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. How is it going to happen? I don't know. Yeah. It's not going to go well. Obviously. You know. Here. Again, I just think about the mess after. I think about all my journals. I think about like my tidy it up, dude. My Twitter page. Learn like, from Prince. What, what am I going to do here? Learn from Prince. Tidy it up. Um, yesterday, I, I drove up to Erie after the show. My aunt passed away. My aunt Carol, who was the nicest, sweetest, funniest, strongest lady, eighty-four. My mom's family—they live forever. Like, and she was like a badass right till the end. Uh, you know, and she got sick, uh, you know, a few months ago. But she was like taking care of neighbors that were like in their nineties and stuff like oh, that. That's she awesome. was one of those ladies. She was awesome, and uh, all of her her kids are great, and, and they're these uh, like hilarious and like you know super funny and smart. Uh, uh, offspring that she had and everything and she had this great life and so the priest is doing the uh, the funeral mm-hmm. and of course he's saying all these lovely things okay but then he's got like a priest in training with him oh no so he's let he, he's letting him pick up the slack here and there on some of the formatics not on the eulogy but like on the uh the you know cleaning this up and doing that and you know no. do the dishes you know <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> pass out the sacraments right yeah stuff like that um, take the collection, but he let him do one part of the prayer. That's like after the, our father in which you have to invoke the name of the deceased and the kid forgot her name. Oh, I wanted to run up on the altar job. and be like, dude, write it on your hand. I get that you're nervous. You can't make that mistake. You can't be a priest just in can't. training and forget. He literally did this bill. He said, I, I swear to God, he did this. He's got his hands raised. He's over the altar. He's looking down at the scripture, and clearly it says "insert name here" at one point, you know. And he's like, "As we honor uh, uh, the dearly departed, uh, loving," and no! he and he stopped, ah! and he turned around, and he went like this. He tried to do the hide hide his like like hey Mac nobody kind of thing me. out of the side of his mouth. He goes, "What's what's her name?" <laughs> What's your name? Line. I was like, you dumbass. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, man. And I know the priest who let him do it, who knew my aunt, was like, oh, dude, I was doing you a solid. You couldn't remember her name. I mean, I blame, I'm, I. you hate to blame a priest, but come, you got to know. I blame priest number one. You cu- yeah. You don't, you don't give it to the backup there. Yeah, no. It's like, you know, Ben would take responsibility if the offense didn't, uh, do what what they needed to do. You don't just hand it over on a third and long. So the other thing was my brother was sitting next to her older brother, my uncle Art, who is like hilarious. He's so old, and he doesn't care about anything. Is and, he one of those guys that's been an old person for the entire time you've known him? Yeah, but he's always yeah. like hilarious. Like yeah. my mom's one of eight. They're all Irish kids, and they're you know they're they're just they're super funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like talking the whole mess. My brother's like Uncle Art just is. He's narrating everything that's going on. <laughs> so he's talking, to, you know, the whole time. And uh, at one point, <laughs> the priest did some things that I have never seen before in a mass. And they changed all the words. Oh I don't God, go to church what, anymore. Like, so you... I'm saying the, the the prayers. And, like, I'm trying to follow, like, how I knew them. And I was taught them. And I'm saying them the way I thought they were. Yeah. But they went and changed all the words on me, Bill. He, he remixed and, them all. That, <laughs> my mom is saying them the right way. I'm like, when did that change? Didn't it used to be? <laughs> New prayer. <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> New stuff. 
Well, what the hell, Mom? I thought that was the glory to be part. And she's like, no, we don't say that no, anymore. No, we don't say glory And then anymore. my Uncle Art said to my brother, I have no idea what's going on right <laughs> now. <laughs> Man, I could vocalize that at least four or five times a day. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. And my I mom, have no idea what's going on right now. My mom did a reading, and she went up, and it was so sad, and she was breaking up crying because you know, her sister passed away, and she comes down. And, of course. And I was like, good job, Mom. And she's like, I forgot my damn glasses. <laughs> and so she was up there, and, and I'm like, is that why you're crying? She goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my best readers. She's like, damn it. Son of a. Anyways, back to uh, Prince. Tidy it up before you die. Get your affairs in order. Bill, make sure you... Uh, yeah, but how do you know? Just make sure your brother can't go out as Gallagher, too. That's all. Well, no, I want that to happen. How do you know what? That they don't follow through with it? You put someone in charge of your estate who will sue the hell no, out of them. I mean, a financial d- interest in protecting it. Okay. But wasn't Prince's wishes to never be... Yeah, but he didn't tidy stuff up, so it, like... Okay. So, you know, there was, like, ambiguity, so his... his right. Uh, brothers and sisters were like fighting over the rights to his estate and now the controlling arm of that estate is going against his wishes because they're like <laughs> he didn't uh, write this all down what's happening to paisley park is it is it going to turn into like a museum or is I have it no idea are they going to sell it off i don't know i think it's a museum it should be like um graceland right yeah they had a part i know they had a party there for the super bowl someone had like a big party at paisley park i think justin timberlake did which just Ooh. makes me feel like yeah, that's not cool. Prince would hate that. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of felt like that about the Gary Shandling documentary, which I thought was awesome and so insightful and just a great look into the mind of somebody. I feel like he would have hated all of it. An incredible invasion An of incredible privacy. Incredible invasion of privacy. <laughs> yeah, they put his diaries out there. Yeah, for crying out loud. Well, that's why I said I got to get my journal. I got to burn my journals. Get it all in a, uh, all your affairs in order. Uh, the Kinks co-founder Ray Davies is set to release his new studio album, Our Country, Americana, Act 2, on June 29th. The record will be out on CD. And as a two-LP set, serves as the follow-up to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee's 2017 album and 2013 memoir, Americana. The collection features 19 tracks, including Our Country, Oklahoma, USA, Louisiana Sky, A Street Called Hope. Uh, meanwhile, Davies is reportedly on a working on a theater film based on both Americana and Our Country. He, got, he lived in New Orleans for a long time and got shot in a quarter. Got shot in the hip. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think that by a fan or no, not like a Mark David Chapman thing. It was like he got robbed in the French Quarter. Oh, wow! And um, I think that's what pushed him out of the United States for good. I don't think he's here anymore. Yeah, that would probably uh, do it for me. I I could be wrong about that. And lastly, today's World Press Freedom Day, Bill. Good. The annual United Nations initiative celebrates what the UN calls the fundamental principles of a free press. And honors journalists who have died on the job. Dozens of news organizations are marking World Press Freedom Day with ads encouraging people to pay closer attention to reporting on local, national, and world events. The tagline of the ads is, read more, listen more, understand more. Fake news. Fake news. That's <laughs> fake news. <laughs> no way that's happening. Speaking of which, uh, the second. president got upended last night by his new lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. You know, only the best and the brightest get hired for this guy's administration and his legal team defending him against allegations of paying off a porn star. <laughs> Last night, Giuliani completely reversed the narrative. <laughs> and it sounded like Sean Hannity was not ready for that to happen and tried to make him backpedal. If you're just waking up, Rudy Giuliani said, here's what happened. 
uh, Michael Cohen, he got paid back that money. The president paid him back in short payments so he wouldn't have to declare it on his taxes. See, so he's skirting the taxes, and they and Hannity's like they funneled it through the law firm, right? And he's like they funneled it through the law firm, which again doesn't exactly sound above board. Funneling sounds like funneling. He's like, wait a second, you know that Trump didn't know about this whole payoff, right? <laughs> Giuliani's like, no, he knew about it. He goes, something you didn't know. Trump knew about it, and he paid him back. And Hannity's We're like, we're gonna go to commercial. <laughs> we will be right back. It's so great. Hannity's With the like former oh. attorney of the president, oh. Rudy Giuliani. Oh no! Well, now this morning the president has already tweeted out. Okay, I did, but it was because she was extorting me over fake news. I never had sex with her, so this will all be much ado about nothing. I'm sure uh, it won't come as a big shock, shock or surprise that uh, allegations of lies are being levied at the president again. But well, it's just funny a to watch her involved. There's another shocker involved. <laughs> Stormy probably. is in town. She got into oh, town yeah. last night. She's in Pittsburgh. She is uh, performing at Blush all weekend long. Making America horny again. There's a ton. It costs a lot of money to hang out with her. I bet. Yeah, it really does. How much did you did you price it out? I think it was like... Did you get a quote? I, I want to say it was like $500 lap dances or some crap Whoa. like that she'll do. Whoa. Is that... We're talking one song? Can you pick the song? Can it be Mountain Jam? <laughs> <laughs> it's a 33-minute epic. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're going to need a... Uh, you might cramp up here, so get some electrolytes, Stormy. Stairway to heaven. Tom Wilson sure. gets suspended for three games. And Mike Pursuit will be coming in and giving you a preview of tonight's game for the Pens and the Capitals at PPG Paints Arena. That's when we return here on DV.com. DVE Sports. The NHL comes down on Tom Wilson. Mike, the Penguins could uh, arrange it so he doesn't see the ice again this year. Sports from Mike Pursuit on the DVE Morning Show. And it's not just justice, Randall. It is a blow to your Washington Capitals who take a two games to one lead into game four tonight, 7 o'clock at the PPG Paints Arena and on your Pens flagship 105.9 The X. Say what you want about Tom Wilson, if you will. Create a GIF of him as a garbage can if you must. I like a GIF. I like that. They're called GIF? Well, no, because uh, people call it, it, it's supposed to be called a GIF, yeah. but nobody wants to call it GIF, so they call it a GIF, and the guy who created the GIFs is mad because he wants everyone to call it a GIF, which is what he att- intended, and you who just got around it? it all. Was it Connor Sheary that created this? Because <laughs> I've just Sherry. been saying it one way, and I'm going to keep I'm gonna keep with the GIF. Anyways, you got around it. Wilson's a maniac, and he plays a dangerous game, but he's also got seven points in nine playoff games for Washington. He's a first-line winger. A top six forward, moving forward. And uh, that's a hole in their lineup. Uh, first things first, the Department of Player Safety Sports this Hour, brought to you by Golden Oak Lending. The Department of Player Safety released a video explaining why Wilson had been suspended. It was four minutes and 41 seconds. No detail was considered too small to uh, wax poetic upon, but uh, here's the conclusion. To summarize... This is an illegal check to the head. Aston Reese did suffer an injury on the play. Wilson is defined as a repeat offender under the terms of the CBA. The Department of Player Safety has suspended Tom Wilson for three playoff games. And that's part of what I don't like about how they do their job is they mentioned that Zach Aston Reese got injured. So now it's a problem. The guy bounces up and gets the puck back and scores a goal. No harm, no foul. Doesn't uh, an illegal act is an illegal act, regardless of the collateral damage? No, right, and it doesn't prevent anybody from doing it again in the future. The way you have to do it, 
to truly avoid if the NHL is serious about headshots is you make any contact with the head illegal despite intent like your stick like they do in the NFL. That way, people will go out of their way to try to not hit the head. Tom Wilson had him lined up and did not have to hit him in the head. Yeah, and part of the part of the thing that uh, the Department of Player Safety video explained was he actually turned his body, Wilson did, he was initially going to the bench for line change, then he saw Aston Reese coming with the puck, so he got back into play. He, had he wanted to, he could have hit Aston Reese in Aston Reese's left shoulder with Wilson's right shoulder. Just get low because he's a smaller guy than you, so get low so you don't hit him in the head and, and run through him that way, and that would have been fine. Instead, he tried to get in front of him and twist his body and launch with his left shoulder into the head. It was The, the intent was clear. Uh, the contact I thought was good. And Bill, to your point last hour, I heard some of these guys too, um, ex-coaches and GMs on various shows, and you know people that are supposed to know a little something about the game, and they're saying it's fine, it's fine, it's a good hit. I, it's a tough hockey hit, shoulder I to shoulder. Can't speak to that. I, I don't know where these people are coming from. I don't know what they're watching. Is other, it that it, other than that they just must have a Neanderthal mentality about the game, and they just don't want anything to be illegal in the playoffs. Well, to me, that's what it is. It's the old guard that's represented on the network and you know around the league that these guys are celebrating that kind of hockey, and so they're they're you know reticent to criticize it. Wilson gets uh, the next three games off. Uh, presumably, there will still be three games in this series. He didn't know when he met the media yesterday that he was going to be losing his. Top line right winger, but uh, he said in the event that happened, Barry Trotz did that the Caps would deploy accordingly. We'll just uh, we'll we'll see what the league says, and then we'll react off of it. Uh, we're going to prepare like we always do. Our focus is, is, is on the next game, and uh, any adjustments or any any changes that we make, we'll we'll just react to whatever whatever we need to. We're, we're taking uh, roll call today, and and we'll see where we are. Taking roll call, Wilson. 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 <laughs> Wilson. Bueller. I think that's a loss for them. Huge. But Break up that top line. It's not just sitting a goon down and, and hitting him on the back of the wrist with a ruler. I think three games in a playoff series is a huge penalty. The physicality was the huge part of his game. There's no doubt about it. What do you have? Six points in the postseason? Seven. Seven points in the postseason. Maybe 35 on the year or something like that. Um, he's six four. He can skate. I know. He can shoot. He... He's Buddy Ravel from Three O'clock High. He's a big bully, <laughs> pain in the ass. But look, the laughing thing for Trots to have tried to like rationalize that away, and or just the, the straight up lie of, well, he wasn't laughing at Zach Aston Reese. Guys were saying funny stuff on the bench. Yeah, you're gonna hate me. I thought that was overblown. I, I did you ever find yourself in a a chaotic situation, just kind of shake your head and chuckle a little bit. Like I didn't see him laughing and pointing at the guy. See, I kind of making a big deal out of it. I, I think people are. But you have a, 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 a journalistic instinct toward the not extreme contrarian, but you know, generally, a lot of people who are fans react are just reactionary. So you try to see through it sometimes. Try, yeah. I don't think people want that anymore, but that's how I was trained to do it. So no, well, the look, we we are constantly at odds. I completely disagree with you on the Dumoulin hit, but I understand your point. Um, 
If he, if Dumoulin stop, my point being, if Dumoulin does stop there on a dime, which is not quite on a dime, he is starting to go into it, uh, you know, t- to try and stop to avoid Ovi. And before he even gets a chance to like get his legs set, Wilson's through as the back of his head. Um, well, just do a little experiment for me. Follow somebody on the parkway at like sixty miles an hour, and if they keep going in the direction they're going, see if you catch them. And then tell one of your buddies to get ahead of you and then slam on the brakes when you don't know when he's going to do it and see what happens. But this would be more like you're about to hit them anyways, and then they hit the brakes is my point. But if he kept going the way he was going, he never would have caught up to him. Uh, uh, he would have got pancaked because he would have ran into Ovi. The point I was trying yeah, to make was I don't want to... He re- himself into a bad spot on the ice. I don't want to relitigate that. My point is, is that you sometimes try to see things differently. In this case, I really thought he was flat out laughing at it. And then when he wouldn't fight Alexiak... And he's just laughing at him while Alexiak was just yeah. Oh, it was the, him and Alexiak were going at it for sure. I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see that when I was at the game it, with him on the bench, mm-hmm. and then some people were talking about it in the Penguins locker room, and then I went back and looked at it yesterday, and like so, I, just, uh, I saw kind of a shake of the head and a smirk, and some of his teammates did come up and pat him on the back or pat him on the top of the helmet, which hockey guys do. Now, you know, were they going, "Yeah, good way to way to lay that effort out," or? Or were they saying, hey, hang in there, you know, it, it, it's crazy, we got your back, that team stuff. Um, it was a bad hit. It was a bad hit, should have been suspended. Uh, he got what he deserved. And the Penguins have an opportunity. And uh, they can use all the opportunity they can get. Uh, they've lost back-to-back playoff games for just the fourth time under Mike Sullivan. And uh, they're trying to avoid the first three-game playoff losing streak of the Sullivan era tonight. Uh, a little bit more fallout from the... Tom Wilson, Zach Aston Reese incident. Sidney Crosby was actually asked yesterday if, as the face of the league, he should be doing more speaking out against this kind of thing and and banging more of a drum for player safety. It's my job to play, so I'm going to focus on playing and let everyone else's job it is to worry about those hits, um, take care of that. But I'm focused on playing. Focused on playing. That's uh, That's what Sullivan wants them to be focused on. Uh, we'll see how focused they are tonight. 4-1 Lightning over the Bruins last night. Tampa takes a two-games-to-one series lead over Boston. And the Sharks beat the Golden Knights 4 to nothing to tie that series at two games apiece. How did San Jose get four goals? I'm amazed when they get any goals. Got to get rid of Flurry, right? <laughs> Must be so incredibly Vegas difficult do? for San Jose to score goals. Bucks got beat 9-3. They've got another with uh, the Nats today. Trevor Williams against Jeremy Hellickson. Uh, Steelers rookies won't be in town this week, but they'll be in town next week. That's when we'll get our first on-field look at Mason Rudolph. I had a chance to speak with his offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State this week. His name is Mike Yersich, and uh, Yersich told me that there is nothing not to like about Mason Rudolph. Well, he's a very confident young man. Um, he'll he'll trust his instincts, and and he will he will really shine in the tightest of moments and he'll thrive in, in, in close situations, two minute drill, whatever. So many come from behind victories that we've had. He's, he's done time and time again. He loves that, uh, that, that mentality of taking that last shot prepares very hard, prepares very well, very thorough, uh, very businesslike. Um, but yet he has a very good personality. He's a very nice young man and he's got tremendous character wonder if Ben will like him. He and Ben are going to be fast friends. You watch. <laughs> Those are buddies. 
Yeah. I think it's going to be more like the odd couple. Look, you know, Brett Favre and uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Thank you. They had that famously sort of tumultuous relationship. I'm not sure what the Steve Young, Joe Montana relationship I never heard anything on that either. Uh, but I, I guarantee it wasn't like Joe Montana was like, oh, what a great guy. I'll do anything for him. You know, the competitive nature, the thing that makes these guys great is also going to make them feel like, all right, this guy's my competition in a way. There's there's levels there that th- those guys have yeah. to sort of uh, figure out for themselves in terms of, all right, my main competition is staying on the field. Then secondarily, it's the Browns this weekend. The steal of tradition is you're supposed to help the young guy coming up even when you know that he's going to take your job. Right. The, one of the great obvious examples of that is Mike Logan and Troy Polamalu. But there are many, many of the older player helping the young guy along. Uh, that's And whether that, or not Harrison did with T.J. Watt remains yeah, to be. That's I think that's wonderful. But if, if I'm a young guy, I wouldn't expect that. And, and if you are a young guy, hey, you help yourself. Do your work. Mm-hmm. Get your stuff together and keep it together. Right. And, and you know, don't expect somebody to lead you along by the hand and say, okay, now do this. Well, Ben apparently said he, that he would help him. Like he followed up after the Bouchette article, I guess I read somewhere else in another uh, follow-up interview that he did where yeah. somebody asked him on the fly, I think. And, I, like, you know, I hope he does play another five years. That's what made this a curious pick to me because did they, did they jump the gun because they're so – focused on having a successor when they need one. And, you know, I think the ultimate determination is that the, the position's so critical you can't afford not to have one when you need one. So if you buy a couple early and never use them and the food goes bad in the fridge and you end up throwing it out, but you still end up with a real nice second course, then that's the that's the way it worked out. Well, in week four of the preseason, when this guy shakes off a tackle and then throws a 65-yard bomb. Yeah, here it doesn't do that very much. To his... What's that? He doesn't do that very much. No? Shake off tackles. Oh, no? He's a big dude. I yeah. figured. Mobility's not his uh, calling card. She's like Troy Aikman? He's a <laughs> shotgun guy that catches it and makes one read and throws it. And he's got to be a whole lot more net before he's the next Ben. All right. What well. if Ben went full Tom Brady and just Garoppoloed him right out of here? <laughs> you got to trade him or I'm quitting. I think they'll trade him to New England? <laughs> Probably. Uh, a little bit later on this morning. The Cuddleman will go to New England. <laughs> Napoleon Murphy Brock is going to be on the show for uh, fran- fans of uh, Frank Zappa. This is a big, uh, huge, huge get as far as I'm concerned. I'm a huge Napoleon Murphy Brock fan. He's coming into town with uh, Project Object, which is a great band. that uh, It's like a Zappa tribute. Also, Stan Saverin. We celebrate Stan as he gets ready. To be inducted, well, I guess maybe it already happened, or is it this weekend? He's going on the Wall of Fame for the uh, for the Buckos. How cool is that? Stan getting his just due. And we'll talk a little bit more about tonight's Game 4. Your chance at winning 1000 bucks at the top of the hour in work, Workforce Cash coming up, too. Text the keyword to 200-200 when it comes around. That's brought to you by rightcars.com. It is the DBE Morning Show. All right, the Tom Wilson suspension, three games. Some interesting stuff to note. Not everybody was on Tom Wilson's side. Uh, in the NHL there. The, you know, some of the, the there's the Jeremy Roenick tweets saying, hey, hate to say it, but that's just a hockey play, which, of course, drew the uh, ire of a lot of hockey fans who thinks that JR is already out of touch. Uh, he, that didn't endear him any further to them. But Daniel Carcillo, of all people, you would think 
if anybody's going to come to Wilson's defense, it would be another former like tough guy. Goon. He's totally 180 on the other side. Aston Reese, he tweeted, be sure to file workers' compensation so that you'll not be on the hook for any medical bills in retirement stemming from your injury in the workplace. Uh, every NHL team is required to carry some form of workers' compensation insurance. I implore you to. And then he continues it. I implore you to do this because treatment is expensive and the insurance company that the NHLPA provides you with once you retire will fight you on each treatment. It was a hockey-related injury. They will not cover it. Do not accept a settlement when the Penguins try to settle for a dollar amount. Keep the cases open and don't cave in until one of two things happen. One, the NHL begins to educate its employees on the risks of doing your job and the risk of sustaining a uh, hashtag TBI or repetitive traumatic brain injury. I guess TBI is traumatic brain injury. Uh, and mm. the or the NHL begins to properly care for the human beings that make up their league of denial. I have two open workers comp cases against the Blackhawks uh, now, and then he goes on a hashtag uh, uh, like barf. There's like 15 of them. Take your power back, boys. The more you know, he says. Hashtag NHLPA. All right, who is this now, guy? <laughs> Dana Carcello. I know, but I'm saying like who? Oh, yeah. I don't know this man who's speaking compassionately. This what happen? This is what happens when it gets turned around on you. So this was an aspect of uh, what happened there that I don't even think anyone considers. You think about the fact that the guy got his his jaw broken and, and concussed, that, and concussed, and that knocks him out. But you don't think about the long-term effects of this on the player. Phil Bork on the show yesterday, if you didn't get a chance to hear him, wow. If, if he's got a separated shoulder, I'm like, hey, hockey, man. Right. <laughs> That's hockey. If he's got a cracked sternum and, and four cracked ribs, I'm like, hey, man, play off hockey. Keep your head up. You know? But he doesn't. He has a broken jaw. And the one thing that we're trying to protect is the head, man. Vontaze perfect. Why the head? Go for the shoulder. Go for the sternum. Go for the chest. Anywhere but the head. Old 2-9er went on to talk about this is in the best interest of the NHL long term. Like, why don't they take more decisive action more quickly? Now you're becoming criminal, and you start thinking about the welfare of the league long term of because what they're basically doing is they're rubber stamping this and saying, Green stamp. This is good. This is the kind. This is what we want in our game. We're okay with this because if you don't do something about it and you don't accept the challenge that Tom Wilson has thrown in front of you, I, I'm going to make a guarantee right here this morning. If the league does nothing about it today, he'll do it again tomorrow. All right, so they did. They give him a three-game suspension. The NHL hopefully does something in the long term. You can help protect players' heads without – Diminishing the physicality of the sport. Right. Barry Trotz throwing a little shade at Sully. Of course. And then defending Car or, uh, defending Tom Wilson for laughing on the bench by saying, oh, no, the guys were saying funny stuff to him. Uh, he went on to further explain the hits by saying, no, nah, it's just a hockey play. You know, it is what it is. Porky took exception with that, too. And, and whatever Barry Trotz says, I think we need to flush it as quick as possible because all he's doing is trying to stand up for his player. He doesn't know what to say. Because if that because what I've always done and I've learned to do is flip it around. Turn it if it was the other way. And if that's a penguin player delivering that check to one of the Washington Capitals, even if it's Ovechkin, the guy that you can't you hate as much as anybody else, you still cannot sit here in front of people and say that that's a good hockey hit or that's right 
Because there's a guy that's going to be laying on an operating table having screws or bolts or plates or whatever put in his jaw because a guy launched himself into his head and then was such a high hit, he goes right over the boards into his own bench. At what point is that a hockey play? Okay. Right. So now what? Now what for the Penguins? Life is a little bit easier. Borky says there's precedent for this. In 92, when Adam Graves slashed Mario, we had a team meeting. And it was really it was the one, one of the moments, memorable moments of Scotty Bowman delivering that message of looking everybody in the eyes. He walked around the locker room and said, don't touch him. Don't touch Graves. We're going to win the next game. And we'll handle it that way. That was the most difficult thing. And you've heard me talk about this now. And I, I, I know it's long enough a way now where I can talk about it and I still feel bad about it because it was the one time I did this in my career. I was behind the play. There was only one referee. I knew nobody was looking. I got tied up with Adam Graves and I spit in his face. And that was never me. But it was it was my way of venting for what he did to Mario because remember, he, he pl- played the next game. He was suspended the game after that, but he actually played the next game. Okay, so Wilson won't be there for them to spit on tonight. He'll be out for the next three games. But you know that compulsion to want to get back at them, to take shots, is still going to be there, and they have to avoid that. Borky said, internalize that anger. But you have to internalize it, and you have to use it for fuel in your on your fire. Because there's sport anger, and then there's life anger. And, and sometimes they can get blurred. This is sport anger, and you have to find a way to take these emotions and translate them into making yourself play better as a team. That's the ultimate payback for Tom Wilson, is to win the next game and then hit the reset and do it again. And you have to use the emotions that you have as fuel for your fire. Tonight, Just eliminate them. They hope to just eliminate them by evening up the series. They could end Tom Wilson's season without him ever seeing the ice again if they went out. Send him to the golf course. They looked to even the score tonight. Stan Saverin will talk more about that. Mike Pursuta, more on the fallout. The three-game suspension for Tom Wilson. Significant. Probably the most hated guy in the NHL right now. Definitely in Pittsburgh. Well, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I guess. Easily. But it's been talked about everywhere because, you know, it just it's a black eye on the sport. You don't no want to facilitate this kind of play. So but they, see, that's the thing is that they're, that's why this is so controversial because there's a lot of people that think that that's hockey. Penguins, there's a lot of people fighting to keep that kind of hockey in the game. Penguins have more at stake uh, and more issues to deal with than just uh, Tom Wilson and, and uh, headshots. They got to get their act together. Secondary scoring needs to uh, pick it up. What's going on with Kessel? And defensively, Boy, uh, Chris Letang is going to have to be a whole lot better. Olimata has to be a whole lot better. Mike will have more on that coming up. Val is out today. She is filling in for Sean doing double duty this week. Well, she usually does triple duty, so she's getting a break. She's only doing two shows, <laughs> basically. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have news for you when we come back from the commercial break. A thousand bucks in workforce cash coming your way here. Listen for the keyword. Text it to two hundred two. The other thing was my brother was sitting next to her older brother, my uncle Art, who is like hilarious. He's so old and he doesn't care about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like talking the whole mass. And uh, at one point, <laughs> the priest did some things that I have never seen before in a mass. And they changed all the words. Like, I don't go to church like, anymore. Like, so you... I'm saying the, the, the prayers 
And like I'm trying to follow like how I knew them and I was taught them and I'm saying them the way I thought they were. Yeah. But they went and changed all the words on me, Bill. He, he remixed and, them all. <laughs> my mom is saying them the right way. I'm like, when did that change? <laughs> Didn't it used to be <laughs> new prayer <laughs> exclusive? <laughs> <laughs> New stuff. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I mean, it's really embarrassing. You like talking with everybody. I was in unison, and then all of a sudden I finish it with a completely different sentence than everybody else. I'm like, when did that change? Well, I used to do the prayer. Do you remember the the Lord's Prayer where it was like, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors? But then somewhere, some places, it's forgive us our trespasses. Is yeah, that's Catholic. Forgive us our trespasses. Yeah, uh, our daily trespass. Whatever, daily trespasses. <laughs> no, it's daily bread. Um, I don't know. Michael Cohen took care of my trespasses. I don't remember. <laughs> did you have them on a monthly retainer? I did. You know, look, oh, okay. that's just well, what you do. Good. You that's just have smart. a guy on a retainer to take care of your trespasses. Well, that's just. Smart. I don't want him to burden me with all of my trespasses. That's smart. I don't want to know about my trespasses. Just take care of it, would you? You're Rudy. not using any of the iHeart money that you get to do that right because that wouldn't be okay rudy giuliani is absolutely uh, does he understand did he know he was talking out loud and on television i'm not sure about that last night uh talking about this is apparently a clip from the today show because it's got like that nbc music underneath it um he was talking about the hundred thirty thousand dollars paid to stormy daniels who is in pittsburgh right now performing at blush and performing Previously, the president has uh, denied any knowledge of what went on with this $130,000. Recently saying, I don't know, you have to ask Michael Cohen. I don't really know Michael Cohen all that well. You know, he's just one of my many, many lawyers. I just have him on retainer. Yeah. So here he was talking to Hannity last night. And even Hannity was like, what are you doing? It's not campaign money. No campaign finance violation. So they funneled it through a law firm. Funneled through the law firm, and the president repaid it. Oh, I didn't know he did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, uh, um, I didn't know we were going to go with that now. Um, um, we're going to edit this out for time. Hannity with all the tough follow-up questions. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, he let it die right there. Uh, but he, <laughs> he basically confirmed that the president knew, which is exactly the opposite of what the president has been saying all along. The president, but do you know the president didn't know about this? Uh I believe that's I, what he didn't Michael know about said. the specifics of it, as far as I know. But he did know about the general arrangement that Michael would take care of things like this, like I take care of things like this for my clients. Yeah, you just take it. You don't tell them when they're being extorted by porn stars. You just take care of it. That's what they teach you in law school. It's like, dude, that's not the story we're telling. Have you been watching this show? That's that's exactly what he just said. Did you know you're supposed to say the president didn't know? <laughs> Did you know that part yet? Had he told I you? I emailed you the script. Don't you? You're not. Come on, man. Memorize your lines. He's going off script, Rudy. <laughs> just smacking. His dentures are flying out of his mouth. Everybody Trump hires is 75 years old. <laughs> Everybody he hires is somebody is, he's seen on TV. Yeah. How is so how is Betty White not in his cabinet yet? She will be soon enough, dude. You know he's gonna. Effley, is Effley Bailey still alive? He'll be in there eventually. <laughs> the other guy got wow. bounced yesterday. Ty Cobb, the guy with oh, the handlebar yeah. mustache. Yeah, the old timey mustache. Like, get out of here, Monopoly man. We're done with you. He's going to join the carnival. Go jump back on a Pringles can. We've got enough. <laughs> You're BS. Gotta get something else in here. Giuliani. How hard was was 
Trump screaming at his TV last night. Oh, no! my God. Cheeseburgers were just flying. Hilarious. Rapid succession. It doesn't matter, but it's just hilarious. Uh, news this hour. Well, first of all, let's check in with uh, the Weather Center, Channel 11 weather uh, this morning over at PXI. What's happening? Enter 11. Currently, we're about 71 degrees. It's beautiful. I guess we're just not going to do spring anymore then? Uh, just go right to summer? Snow to blistering hot. That's normal. Tesla will announce the location of a new SUV factory by the end of the year. CEO Elon Musk said Wednesday that Tesla's current plants are crazy packed with no additional space for production. The new plant will produce the electric Model Y SUV and will also likely include a battery plant. Musk said production of the SUV would begin in about two years. The new factory is expected to create thousands of jobs. Musk said the location of the new plant could be announced as soon as this summer or at the latest by the end of the year. How long till we have SUVs in space? Because, I, I mean, we really need to start um, littering and polluting the, uh, the universe. Uh, I don't know. I need, we are going to have a space army, according to the president. Space Force, he called it. Well, hopefully Elon is in charge of uh, the vehicles. Did you see where him and Bezos now, Bezos is getting into the space race? The two, like, multi-billionaires are going at it head-to-head, and they want to, like, see who can be more productive in space, I guess. And Bezos said, you know, I got $121 billion. I don't know how else I could use my wealth other than to launch some sort of space program. I've got a lot of ideas how you could do it. You don't have to go to space. <laughs> right. Help us fix the Liberty Bridge. Yeah, please. Put those uh put those uh you know campaign finances to work. I don't know. I mean, look, I ordered something off of Amazon Prime the other day and it came three months ago, which I can't figure out. <laughs> so maybe there's something they're not telling us. He has a time machine or something. It's uh it is remarkable. Like, you get done typing it, you hit send, and it's like, ding dong. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, we have your package. Do you have an Amazon box? No. Neither do I. What is, like, at a store, you mean? No, I guess you get them, like, it's like an old milk box. Remember the old milk boxes they used to have way back in the day? A guy would deliver your milk and put it in there. This is, uh, they put your Amazon packages in there so they don't get stolen. How big does this thing have to be? I don't know. I'd imagine pretty big to fit, you know. Some of the stuff people order on Amazon. Right. Is it like a deck box? Like you got to get a big, yeah, huge hamper? I don't know. Pretty, And then- the, Does the, it lock? Yeah, that's the whole point of it. Oh, yeah. Is that uh, nefarious ne'er-do-wells cannot uh, jump up onto your patio and abscond with your, uh, you know, whatever you order off of Amazon. Those damn ne'er-do-wells. They're active. Especially in the age of Amazon. The problem is when you tech, when you can click on something- Yes. And they give you those suggested things. I'm such a sucker for that. It's like, hey, you know what? People order this like this, and it's only eight bucks. You're like, eight bucks? Throw it in. Throw it in. Fine. <clears throat> and then I'm eating some like walrus blubber <laughs> supplement or something like that. <laughs> no, this is supposed to be good for your vision. No, this is good for your joints. Kim Kardashian West and President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, are working on getting a pardon for a woman serving life behind the walls. 62-year-old Alice Marie Johnson Which has walls? been in an Alabama prison since 90, 1996 for her involvement with a cocaine ring. Since then, she's become a minister and a playwright with a spotless prison record. Kardashian West has taken an interest in her case and has been on the phone with Kushner in the hopes of convincing Trump to help get Johnson out of jail. Where's Jared Ben, by the way? He's supposed to be solving the op- opioid epidemic, the Middle East crisis. The guy's really slacking. Well, I mean, that probably knocks a lot out of you. That's true. Probably napping a lot. 
Trump recently called for the death penalty for some who are convicted of drug dealing. You know, unless a celebrity who he'd like to see naked calls for your release. Then you're in good shape. Customers of MoviePass can once again sign up for its Movie A Day monthly subscription package. The popular plan was taken off the MoviePass website April 13th, leaving customers with only the three-month plan that allows only four movies a month. MoviePass CEO Mitch Lowe told Variety that it never planned to abandon the flagship product that everybody loves. MoviePass has over 2 million subscribers. You don't do this, do you? No. Uh, Kathy does it, and she told me she was having trouble with it. And then Joe said some of his friends were having trouble with it. This seems like, uh, like a good idea trouble? with a flawed execution. What kind of trouble are we talking here? Like you just, it, just it doesn't, doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of trouble. It's kind of the whole point of having it. Yeah. MC5 founding member Wayne Kramer is expanding the band's upcoming Kick Out the Jam's 50th anniversary tour. The 35-stop North American leg is set to begin September 5th in Fort Lauderdale and close with two hometown Detroit shows October 26th and 27th. Yesterday, Kramer confirmed the group, which includes Soundgarden guitarist uh, Kim. How do you say his last name? Dale? Tail? I don't remember. I don't remember how to say it. Hey, yeah, the, the Asian-looking guy. They're going to take a trek to Europe and uh, the UK. Those dates will begin with the four festival appearances starting June twenty eighth. <laughs> followed by, it, it looks like he's. I, got, I like, know, but it was just funny how that you know the uh, the quick turn you did there, the pivot from being very thoughtful about trying to get the name right to be like you know that Asian-looking guy. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm saying his name right. Well, it wasn't like I'm pinpointing him. I'm saying Asian. Yeah. You know, that could be billions of... Right, that's a continent. <laughs> Those dates are going to begin with four festival appearances starting June 8th, followed by 15 more shows kicking off November 9th in Bristol. MC5 is cool. Did you ever go back and listen to some MC5? No. Cool stuff. Dave Matthews Band set to release its ninth studio album. Did you ever Con- go back and listen to some early Dave Matthews stuff? I don't. I loved the you first should. album. I was like, this is great. It Under was the like, table and dreaming. They were kind of coming up the same time as Rusted Root. Right when I was in college, that all kind of happened. And I was like, these guys are badass. And then uh, I just can't go anymore. You can't? No. Can't do it? I feel like uh, Dave Matthews is, is the male equivalent of girls experiencing lesbianism in college. Just experimenting a little bit, kissing a girl. It's like, yeah, I, I got into Dave Matthews in college. What you see at a lot of Dave Matthews shows, I feel like, is like guys who wear their Greek letters uh, on hats, and they're 32. Yeah. Come Tomorrow is the new album. Yesterday, the group gave fans, but the musicianship dude is top-notch. I mean, he's great. Everyone in that band's badass. Uh, they gave uh, their fans a first look at the album's 14-song track list. Here are the songs. Can't Stop, She, Virginia in the Rain, Black and Bluebird, and the title track. Meanwhile, the band will support the release of its follow-up to 2012's Away from the World with a North American tour set to get underway May 18th in the Woodlands, Texas, and wrap up September 10th in L.A. They still draw huge. Huge. God, he does big numbers. And he just added a badass uh, keyboard player. There's no question. Everybody knows at least two or three females that are completely obsessed with Dave Matthews. Completely obsessed. I know dudes that are. I feel like there's this whole subsect of guitar players that just sit around learning Dave Matthews songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you go into Guitar Center, it used to be back in the day, there'd be some of you know, the old joke with Stairway to Heaven and all that that they used in Wayne's World. <clears throat> like, there's a group of guys who pick up acoustic guitars and start, like, doing all the fingering for Dave Matthews tunes. Because it's complicated. That's the problem, is that you can't sing a Dave Matthews song in your voice. <laughs> you have to do an impersonation. We have to have thought, hey, 
Why? I wish he always talked like that. It would make more sense. What is the end of his song? Life down here up and down. What is he saying there? I don't know, but I like how you just said it. Life down here up and down. You sound like a Star Wars character. Yeah. I think I just ordered a, a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa probably just ordered four Dave Matthews albums from you. That's probably a secret code. <laughs> People who say Donald Trump is as cold as ice may get their chance to watch him melt. A project dubbed Project Trump more wants to carve Trump's face into an Arctic iceberg, then watch it dissolve to prove that global warming is happening. The idea was proposed by the Finnish environmental group, uh, by a Finnish environmental group, I should say, and it wants to raise $500,000 to build a 115-foot monument. Give me a break. Uh, <laughs> and we only want half a million dollars. Who's in? Ice? Anybody want to donate for ice? No, I'm set. I'm all set. Joe had a line. I couldn't see what you were saying over there. You had to write those down, buddy. Then they would install a live stream camera to watch it melt away. Great use of funds and time, everybody. Sure. Let's build a let's build ice and watch it melt, and that'll teach everybody. What a what a great idea. Oh, and you say it only will cost a half a million dollars. Well, sign me up. <laughs> Uh, and uh, last but not least, the holes are getting a lot bigger in fashionably ripped jeans. The Carmer Pants Company in Los Angeles has debuted its extreme cutout jeans. Let me ask you something. Yeah. You ever bought jeans pre-ripped? Yes. So have I. How big? This is an important part of the question, because I've <laughs> bought them with like the little rips. Little, little, tiny, little, little tiny rips. Like just to, like, just to let everybody know, I'm definitely not having a crisis. <laughs> I'm not thinking about my mortality for the first time, worrying I've lost it, feeling a little low T. I've had <laughs> low T jeans. <laughs> no, dude, I'm no, I'm virile. Look I'm, at the rip in my jeans. I'm ready to fist fight That's somebody. That's how virile I am. Yeah. My girthiness split my jeans. Now, I bought them with like when they have like a little uh what what are the, what's the word I'm looking for? That they are distressed. Distressed. They look distressed, which yes. is such a great metaphor for what you just said. Mm -hmm. Distressed. I'm in distress. <laughs> so are my jeans. Yeah, but now this company, they have extreme cutout jeans in which the holes take up nearly the entire pant leg. Okay, well, that's dumb. <laughs> You're buying shorts then. This is the kind of stuff that I think we should buy and put in the studio and then use for bets. Like, if you're wrong, yeah. you got to wear the cutout jeans for the day. Right. Are we talking, like, high thigh down to ankle? I don't know, dude. Their slogan is, for those who dare to bear. They're only $168, so this would be a good thing to build a big ice uh, uh, structure with and watch it melt to prove there's global warming. I mean, think about the money they're saving in material. Half of the jeans aren't there. This is so great. They go, hey, if you want them, sorry, we're sold out. I love when they do this. They do like the limited sale, like Apple would do this all the time. They're like, this is the best product we ever had. We made 94 of them. So good luck getting one. <laughs> no, no, the demand no, is crazy. Uh -uh. No, like, it's crazy. Oh, just make more, you dorks. And last but not least, the San Francisco <laughs> Fast uh, Food Restaurant is getting creative in its methods to deter people from loitering and panhandling around the building. The Burger King owner asked his landlord for permission to play classical music in an effort to eliminate the problem. 
KRON4 says it isn't the first business to use such a tactic. I don't know what Cron4 is. A local 7 Eleven also plays classical music. (laughs) Cron4, you (laughs) up and down. A local 7 Eleven plays classical music through its outdoor speakers, and not everyone is pleased with the method. Officials with the Coalition on Homelessness say it's noise pollution, and the city needs to better handle its uh, uh, panhandling problem. Yeah, I don't know about that. Classical music. I mean, you're allowed to kick people out of your establishment. Don't you like when they have classical music playing in an airport or something like that? Doesn't it relax you? Yeah, it does. I like it better than Muzak. I like it better than like CNN. I can't believe they play CNN in airports. They should only play Dave Matthews. They just want people to like get angry and fight. Play the weather. This is why the Weather Channel exists. Nothing but the Weather Channel. And an occasional Dave Matthews song. Stormy Daniels brings her show to the Berg. She's in town. We'll give you the reviews. Apparently, last night was her first show. How'd it go? Well, I'll tell you about that coming up. Mike Pursuta has your sports game. Four is uh, tonight at PPG Pants Arena. Tom Wilson will not be there. Well, he won't be playing anyways. The latest on his three-game suspension handed down by the league for the hit on Zach Aston Reese. You know what his Dave, Dave Matthews song is? What? Crash. Oh, I was hoping it was going to be, uh, I don't know. There's got to be a better Tom Wilson, Dave Matthews song. Someone, crash into me. Someone will tweet it. Not because it doesn't crash into me, he crashes into you. Right. He's asking to be crashed into. That would be the Zach Aston Reese song. All right. Turn it around. Well, fine. He's on a three-game suspension. That much we know. Stan Sabrin later on this hour. And Frank Zappa... Alumni, Napoleon Murphy Brock, coming up. 9.15, he's in town doing Zappa stuff with Project Object. He's my all-time favorite Zappa crew member, so I'm uh, excited to talk with Napoleon Murphy Brock at 9.15. DVE Sports. You know, Dave Matthews' song for Tom Wilson might have been Tripping Mata's. All right. Say goodbye. Say goodbye to this bit. All right. Mike Pursuto with your sports right now on the DV Morning Show. Sports this hour brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. It is game four tonight between the Penguins and the Capitals at the PPG Paints Arena. 7 o'clock on your Pens flagship, 105.9 The X. The Caps have a two games to one lead in the series, but they're starting to run out of guys. They opened the series without top six forward Andre Burakovsky. And uh, tonight, and for the two games uh, that follow, at least uh, for the next two games, and maybe the one that follows, the Caps will be without another top six forward, winger Tom Wilson, who was suspended yesterday for three games by the NHL's Department of Player Safety for his assault on Penn's winger Zach Aston Reese in the second period of Game 3. Nobody from either side uh, got the word on Wilson in time to comment yesterday, but Caps head coach Barry Trotz had spoken rather extensively after game three on Tuesday night about all that Wilson brings to his team. He's a unique player. There's very few Tom Wilsons in the league, and that's why um, that's why he's very effective because there's there's few guys that have that ability. He's a, you know, he plays on a, he's a first-line player, plays in all situations for us, and and um, you know he's he just keeps developing as a young as, as a young man. He's a he's a he's a leader. He's a guy that can lead in the dressing room. He's grown up 
he was a young man who, who came to the National Hockey League very young, and uh, I think he just keeps maturing and growing his game. Mike, it strikes me that the comparison with Matt Cook is being brought up a lot, and in acknowledging... Matt Cook was a pretty good hockey player when, when he was playing hockey. Right. But the Pens fans' reaction to Matt Cook seems to be kind of what the Caps fans' reaction to Tom Wilson is. Nobody's jumping up and down saying he's the greatest and I'm so glad he's injuring these guys and taking headshots. They're defending where they think there could be a defense of it, and I'm sorry, but that's a hockey play. But uh, this last one seems to have put everybody in the same position of, all right, maybe this is something that we all need to deal with and the the league needs to deal with. It doesn't seem like uh, Caps fans are vigorously trying to defend and saying this this shouldn't have been levied against him. I I can't speak to that. I have no knowledge of what the Caps fans are thinking. Uh, I do know the Caps players have been... Defending Wilson as you would expect them to defend a teammate. Uh, I was just reading a Washington Post article, and Brooks Orpik made the comment that guys who have a lot of hits have more opportunity to have bad hits. And the question becomes, and only Tom Wilson knows the answer to this in his heart of hearts, is, was that poor technique the other night, or was he trying to take the kid's head off? Well, And the video I, evidence suggests... He launched. Yeah. It, so if... It, you know he's six foot four, two hundred eighteen pounds. He can skate, and they they rely the Capitals do on that physicality and what he can do out there. If he can find a way to channel that and not go over the line as often as he does or seemingly does, then he's going to be a hell of a player in the NHL for a long time. If he continues to get himself suspended, he's going to wind up. Running himself out of the Do you league. remember Matt Cook had that run where he was like, all right, he's not doing stupid stuff anymore. And yeah. then he just couldn't help. And I think that was the McDonough hit. Where he, it was like he had been good for so long and then did he just couldn't help himself. It was just something he relapsed. that he had, he had to, yeah. to make that hit. He had to take advantage of a situation and exploit a vulnerability. You know, and I think usually guys develop as scores as they get some time in the league. He had seven goals Wilson did. Uh, in 2016, 17, 14 this year. Maybe he'll start getting a, more of a taste for filling the net instead of having hearings in front of the player safety department. Uh, I don't know. The problem with the Zach Aston Reed's hit, well, there are many, but you know he could have lit him up without going at his head. He could have broken four ribs. He could. I mean, he had him lined up. He did. He did. Uh, you know, for the the focus right now for tonight is they're down two of their top six. That's. That's a significant absence. We'll see what kind of depth the Capitals have. We'll see if uh, Kuznetsov and Ovechkin have as much room to do what they do without Tom Wilson doing what he does. Put the lines in a bingo hopper. Yeah. See and, what you come up with. And uh, Mike Sullivan said yesterday that uh, Carl Hagelin's a game-time decision tonight. I don't know how legit that is. But what if, just for the sake of argument, what if Hagelin comes back? You already got Malkin back. Now you're getting stronger and they're becoming more depleted as the thing goes. Penn's got to win tonight. Gotta win. Tonight. Have to. Well, I want to see them by Wilson season. You can lose three, but I'm yeah. just saying. Because, you know, nobody's ever blown a 3 1 lead, particularly the Capitals, right? No, I don't want them to win another game. I it's think, history, not prophecy. I thought the Pens played pretty well in game two, except, you know, if they were maybe they were maybe at 75% playing smart. Jack that up to about 95, and uh, I think they're in good shape. 
I, I liked what the power play did. It only got one goal, but it looked like it was starting to figure it out. Uh, Sullivan was talking about that a little bit yesterday. I think Malkin got better as the game went on, and I, I would expect that process to continue as he works his way back, and maybe they figure out a better line for him than what they started out with. Uh, with Dominic Simone and Brian Rust. I wouldn't expect to see that at the start tonight. Uh, Matt Murray can play better. I, I, that It was one bad goal, but boy, was it just the worst possible time for one bad goal. And he can't let that happen. But these are all these are all things I think that are within the Penguins' grasp to to fix or achieve or, or keep the ball I think the Penguins up. are better. I think they're a better team. Like I said before, when I went into the series, I thought evenly matched. I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be a tough one. And then when we lost Geno and Hagelin, took the first game, still could have won the second game, I thought, boy, if we had everybody back, this would be no contest. I really do think the Penguins are a lot better. I think, you know, the secondary scoring has been uh, a topic of conversation as well. You, you would certainly welcome that, but that Crosby-Gensel combination is so lethal right now, and if they can get the power play to contribute – one or two goals, and and play better defensively, you might not need it. As long as Crosby and Gensel are going, it's a lot of pressure on them mm-hmm. to score every game. But guess what? They're scoring every game. They had, they had enough goals to win the other night. If they if they had played better defensively and not given them so many effing two-on-ones, they'd have won that game. Yeah. You get you get to the third period up 3-2. you got to close that out. I don't care who scored. Kessel's clearly hurt. That's what everybody says. He's not handling the puck. He no, has he no doesn't bursts. look like himself out there. It might just be some sort of uh, mental malaise, but it looks like there's something physical nagging yeah. him. Well, I mean, guys slump, too. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not going to assume because he's playing poorly that he's hurt. He might, in fact, be. No, I like making declarative statements without any fact to back it up. He's hurt. He doesn't. It doesn't pass the eye test. No question in my mind. So if he comes up and pots three tonight, then he's healthy again. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, he did. He did one of those infrared saunas. Uh, he did a cryo did session cryo. in his cargo shorts, and he's good to go. Got Spent the kind some time of dog in a hyperbaric really like. chamber. Yeah, the right mustard. Four one lightning over the Bruins last night. Tampa leads two games to one. Uh, that's a very good hockey team. This just in, and the Sharks beat the Golden Knights four nothing. Four zip. Got to pepper Holpe with shots. We we have Four yet for to... San Jose, zero for Vegas. How'd that happen? I, I have no idea. Was Flurry sick last night? Is he not out there? He uh, he gave up. A, the first one was bad. Second one wasn't great. I went to bed after that. He did have a little bit of a screen issue on the second one, but uh, five seconds left in the first period. Big goal to give up there. Barry Trotz. Big momentum swing. Well, Tom, Tom is obviously he's a he's a big body. He's tremendously, um, you know, strong, and he, and he hits hard. And you know, my first look at the, the the hit. I mean, both guys were bracing for it. They were shoulder to shoulder, and he just blew through him. I, you know, as I say, there's a very passionate fan base. As we have a fashion, a very passionate fan base. Pitt does, um, and you you can't be. Neutral. That's why there's a, a neutral party that looks at it. Yeah. You can't be neutral. That's you know, sometimes it just is though. You know, if you know, if you look at a red dot and a blue dot, it doesn't mean that uh you know your impartiality completely stops you from seeing the truth. What if you're looking at it from the parallax angle? Ah! 
How many people even knew what a parallax angle was before that game? I'll tell you what, though. That, that was one good aspect of us getting jobbed in that game. Learning about the parallax angle. We learned about the parallax yeah. angle. Mm-hmm. I look at it as another negative. Wasn't that a Dr. Seuss book? Yes. Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta, Randy Bauman, and the DV Morning Show. Val's doing afternoons. Can we do some uh, Steelers on the other side? Yes. Uh, we're going to do Steelers and Stormy. How do you like that? Stormy Steelers. You talked with the offensive coordinator from Oklahoma State. I did. Interesting guy. His name's uh, Mike Yersich. Uh, he's a 1999 graduate of Cal U. Okay. And he's the guy who uh, helped develop Mason Rudolph and James Washington. The tag team coming from Oklahoma State to the Stillers, Randall. Napoleon Murphy Brock from Frank Zappa's Mothers of Invention. Uh, He's on One Size Fits All, Roxy and Elsewhere, all kinds of stuff. He's going to be coming to town with Project Object playing all kinds of Zappa. Dweezil Zappa was just here this past uh, Sunday. So a lot of Zappa in the bird coming up. And we'll talk to the legendary Napoleon Napoleon Murphy Brock at 9.15. Stormy and Steelers coming up next. (laughs) DBE. It's the DVE Morning Show. Mike Pursuta, you spoke with the offensive coordinator in the Oklahoma State Cowboys, where we have uh, recently drafted his two biggest offensive assets. Yeah, a little different situation. The Steelers got a QB and a receiver, but they both come from the same school, and uh, they're both uh, highly productive coming from that school, Oklahoma State. And the offensive coordinator, Mike Yersich, he's a native of Euclid, Ohio, but he went to Cal U. 1999 graduate of Cal U, former Vulcans quarterback. So uh, it was interesting to to get his take. We heard already today how much he loves Mason Rudolph, the QB, both as a player and a person. The same applies to second-round wide receiver James Washington. He is very hard to lock down. Uh, you don't want to go man-to-man against him. He will he will shred you if you, if you go one-on-one with him. Um, Loves to compete for the football. Loves to compete, period. Very athletic. Excels in various sports in his high school career, from tennis to track to football to basketball. Um, you name it, he can do it. And he'll shoot every six-point buck in in uh, northern Pittsburgh area. <laughs> Apparently he likes to hunt, Washington. And uh, I mentioned uh, Yersich went to Cal. He knows a little bit about that himself. When I was at Cal U, Cal Pennsylvania, who unbelievably coached by Gary Dunn out there, they're doing a hell of a job, those Vulcans, but we used to eat those for snacks. We didn't have a meal plan back then. <laughs> so you go shoot a buck, have a snack, get back at it the next day. Uh, <laughs> Mason Rudolph's a big James Washington fan as well, as you might expect. Uh, here's uh, Rudolph talking about uh, his former and uh, still current wide receiver. Unbelievable player, um, you know, uh, my brother and, and a great player, a playmaker. He's going he's gonna to add a lot of, a lot of, you know, big plays. A lot of, a lot of. Uh, he's just, he's just a good character guy. He's from a small town of West Texas. Clear eyes, full hearts. Yeah, <laughs> kind of the, the cheesy West Texas <laughs> mantra. No, that's kind of who he is. No, he's not that cheesy, but he's, he's a good dude. And uh, golly, he, he was. Uh, I mean, I, I saw his reaction last night, and he, he was thrilled. That was Mason Rudolph on that ESPN Pittsburgh on Saturday. Jerem dropped the golly. Golly. I'm a tell golly, you what. He's a good guy. Good golly. player. West Texas. I forgot to look up exact, exactly what West Texas town James Washington's from, but they're all the same. They're right? all El Paso.
Midland, Odessa. Deep in the West Texas town of El Paso. Where's the Waffle House? It's in Midland. No, it's in Odessa. He's a Pittsburgher now. Tin Cup. Tin Cup references are going to be lost on me. I know yeah. the movie, uh, you, but I... You were looking at me funny, so... Yeah. I know the movie, but it I, I can't... Uh, Do you know Friday Night Lights? Clear Eyes, Full Hearts. I know that line, and that's about it. I never watched the TV show. You really don't need to know another line from it. It's, that's it? If you live by that, you're good. I was not a Buzz Bissinger fan. I am a Peter Berg fan, though. I like Tremendous Peter show. Yeah. Tremendous show. Peter Berg went on to direct um, Lone Survivor. Yes. Marky Mark. Featured prominently in the Gary Shandling documentary. Golly. Golly. The new quarterback said golly in an interview. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, dude, he's, he's, our, you, he's got, Dandy Don. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I mean, the last quarterback we got in an early round from an Oklahoma school probably says golly, right? I uh, imagine he does. Landry. Haven't, haven't heard it, though. Golly. That's, Land, that, Landry's got, not in danger. Dobbs is gone. Yeah, but think of the dynamic now. You got Ben and this kid. And you got this kid who went to Oklahoma State and Landry went to Oklahoma. That's kind of oil and water, too. So, Well, that, that's yeah. the other thing. This You're not my successor yet. People are talking about the relationship between Ben and Mason as if it's the natural line of succession. Well, I mean, first of all, Landry Jones is not going to be 100% okay with that. He's going to have a lot to prove this year. And I think, if anything, Ben's going to be like, hey, uh, Landry, make sure you teach Mason what's up. I have to worry about the game. I think he's going to sick Landry on him? Yeah, because he still works with Landry. You know? I think there's probably a line of succession there that you have to abide by. Yeah, I don't think Rudolph can play unless they invoke the 25th Amendment. It's something like that. But Dobbs is going to have to work for NASA now. <laughs> That's probably a better gig. Rocket science? What was he? I always get this confused with him. Is it aeronautical engineering or? Sounds good to me. Astrophysical engineering or? I don't know. He's an very, astrophysicist. Very complicated. He's a rocket scientist. Yeah. Hey, uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to Let, figure out. Unless you want to build a rocket. <laughs> that, well, that's true. That's when it then does take. better damn well have one. Stormy Daniels was at Blush last night. She's going to be at Blush tonight, too. Speaking of rockets. <laughs> How about the Post-Gazette sends a reporter there. Anna, uh, Anya Sostek goes to report on this at Blush. So she goes into Blush to report on this. And according to her story in the Post-Gazette today, there are, like, couples going together to see Stormy. So all of these, like, progressive people are going to support stormy daniels oh dear because Lord. they're anti-trump so they're pro stormy which means hey this is part of the resistance now going to the strip club to get lap dances what a gift to guys whose marriage needed a little kick in the ass right honey gotta support the <laughs> we team. gotta this is <laughs> this is part of the resistance we gotta go to blush <laughs> Because Stormy Daniels needs to accumulate, you know, the million dollars that she's going to have to uh, have to break the non-disclosure agreement if they're not able to do it through other legal means, which after last night with uh, Rudy Giuliani, who knows if that's going to be the case. But Albert, ever the uh, opportunist at Blush, uh, Albert Bortz, of course, the legendary owner. Legendary. The, the often, uh, if you shake Albert's hand, you smell like Albert for a day. 
I don't know if that's a great thing. He's a he's a no. It's a cologne. He's a good. Oh. He's always got like a fancy suit on. It's he's legendary. always like, yeah, he's you, dressed to the nines. He got know. it the first time. Um, <laughs> I saw. Him. I was waiting he for dunks an Uber. himself in a rain barrel of musk before he comes out. <laughs> I was waiting for an Uber on Ninth Street a couple weeks ago, and I saw him. And I was like Albert, and he's like, "Hey, how are you?" And he shook my hand, and I got in the Uber. I'm like, oh, "I smell like Albert." Um, twenty to forty dollars, depending on where you wanted to sit in order to get in last night. Uh, this is from Anna, Anya Sostek's story. The crowd included a healthy sprinkling of women. One group of three came wearing Hillary Clinton buttons and red and white patriotic short dresses. If I can help raise a million dollars to help disregard the non-disclosure agreement, I will, said one who didn't want her name used for business reasons. <laughs> no pictures allowed in there, right? Uh, there was a couple, Joe and Paula Smith, from Mercer, Wait, showed up. The guy's getting interviewed about a story from the strip bar, and his name's Joe Smith. And his well, but his wife went with Paula. They are in their sixties. <laughs> but Frank Jones couldn't make it. The reason they came down, of course, <laughs> was to support Stormy. I think she's making history. I'm a fan of hers. I'm just concerned about the country. Again, no better way to support the resistance. <laughs> Than by getting a couple's lap dance <laughs> from Stormy Daniels. Hey, look, whatever you have to tell yourself. She's got uh <laughs> she's got she's got two shows tonight, all right? Albert was quoted in the article. Daniels has performed at Blush twice before, uh, said Albert. She was a professional, he said. A nice girl. <laughs> of course she is. Uh, she is uh, going to Long Island and Philadelphia after this, but uh, you, you think can she'll see sing her tonight. Fly Eagles Fly when she gets to Philadelphia. You can see her tonight. <laughs> she came out. They're dr- going to grease the poles <laughs> in the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the- just tonight. No, nothing Friday, huh? No, she'll probably yeah. come out dressed as a mummer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she opened up, She opened up her show last night Dressed as a Spanish dancer And began her performance by dancing to Ricky Martin's La Copa de la Vida The Latin flavored 15 minute set Oh that's, an, that's a shot at Trump isn't it Yeah, She went Latin I wouldn't be surprised if Ice busted in tonight And <laughs> deported her She used songs by Jennifer Lopez Madonna and Shakira Shakira she really so if you wants want, to troll Trump, she should uh, do something to the wall. Uh, Albert had uh, <laughs> drinks available, dark and stormy, and love Trump's all old world fashioned. Not world, just love Trump's all so old fashioned. Would you say that this crowd is going to skew older? It seems like it's skew. It, it seems like there's a lot of gawkers. This is like the people who go to the Today Show and just stand and stare through the windows. Yeah, it's those kind of people who are willing to also go to a strip club. The people have always been curious, but were too ashamed to go, and now they think this sort of justifies it a little bit. Honey, it's part of the resistance. I'll be right back. Does just, Blush have windows like the Today Show? No, they don't. It does not. No it's windows. No, you can't see in, nor can you see out. But you can see Stormy tonight at Blush. Two shows. Downtown Pittsburgh. It'll be interesting tonight. What a weird time to be alive. The weirdest. Speaking of that, Frank Zappa band member Napoleon Murphy Brock, 915. Stan Saver, 945. Trill 11.
Currently, it's 72 degrees at DVE. I just made that up. A Uniontown funeral home is facing new charges. Stephen Kizmarski III was charged earlier this year with 84 counts of theft. That's a lot of counts. Forgery and insurance fraud for allegedly cheating customers who prepaid for their funerals. Oops. Good target audience to rob, though. Yeah. They can't get their money back. Since then, more potential victims have come forward, bringing the number of charges to 170. Oh, this guy's a scumbag. The Kazmarski Funeral Home filed for bankruptcy late last year. There are people buying diamond caskets, and then he's just putting them in cubic zirconium? Or Something what? like that. What's happening? It's the equivalent of that, basically. The preliminary hearing for a group of former Penn State fraternity brothers is being delayed. The 12 men are accused in last year's alcohol-related death of Beta Theta Pi's pledge, Tim Piazza. The judge in the case postponed the court appearance due to illness. A substitute judge may preside over the hearing later in the day. Uh, music News, A Perfect Circle, is celebrating its first number one album with Eat the Elephant. Debuting at number one, the group's follow-up to 2004's Emotive sold nearly 70,000 equivalent album units in its first week out, good enough to top both the alternative and rock album charts. Both Emotive and 2003's 13th Step step, uh, debuted at number two. Um, Is PETA going to protest this album? I don't know. Eat the Elephant seems a bit insensitive. I don't think they'll be doing that. It's metaphoric. Yeah. People say you got to eat the elephant one bite at a time. That's a metaphor. Is it? Right? Yeah. Uh, I've, ne- I've never heard that one. Eat the elephant one bite at a time? Yeah. Focus on what's in front of you, and then, you know, when you step back and realize it, you, you've eaten an entire elephant, and you're an animal. Yeah. I saw some videos the other day of elephants playing with dogs, and it was delightful. Apropos of nothing. We I'm basically Sally Wigan now. I am just saying things that are in my head. No, I think that you're saying things that, that we need to see more of on the nightly news. Elephants playing with dogs? Yeah. Kicking a soccer ball? Rolling around with, Stuff it, like with that. each other in the uh, in the water. Elephants are delightful. Why not? There was a, a video I saw the other day of a baby elephant uh, uh, imitating his mom, and that's how they learned how to be like you know badass elephants. The mom tells him really? what to do, and he was just doing a mom imitation. That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. Elephants. What I'm trying to say is, don't eat the elephant, Bill. No, let the elephant grow up. Fishbone. <laughs> Speaking of food, classic lineup of fishbone. Minus guitarist Kendall Jones is reuniting for a series of eight U.S. tour dates. Did you ever see the Fishbone documentary? I haven't. It's really cool. It's awesome. They just missed. Like, they were on the cusp. They were with all of those bands that broke in California, mm-hmm. and they just weren't one of them. Like, the Chili Peppers and all those guys, Janes, they all loved Fishbone, and they were a big influence on all of them, but they never got the mass fame. You know, they're, they're still sort of at that, like, cult level after all these years. Uh, according to the band's official website, the party at Ground Zero Singers will start the trek May 25th in Pioneertown, California. The party will continue in Las Vegas, San Diego, Los Angeles, Ventura, Silver Springs, Maryland, and Brooklyn before finishing up the run in Worcester, Mass. Worcester. On August 25th, tickets for all shows are on sale now. Vulture.com writer Bill Wyman, not the Stones bassist, has compiled a list of all 214 artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ranked from best to worst. Oh, wow. All right. He said, there shouldn't be a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The idea of a bunch of self-satisfied <laughs> music industry fat cats and tuxedos having rock stars assemble for a command performance once a year is precisely the sort of thing rock was created to be the antidote to. There's nothing less rock and roll than a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I couldn't agree more. I hate this list I just came up with. Uh, that being said, here are his top 10, along with uh, number 214. 
who happened to be a member of this year's class. Number one, Chuck Berry. Can't argue Hard that. to argue that. Yeah. He's one of three or four people who laid out one of the original pieces of the rock puzzle, one of the most consequential American cultural figures of the 20th century. Can't argue that. The Beatles, obviously. Of course. Bob Dylan, obviously. Of course. He took rock lyrics to places they hadn't been before and haven't been since. Agreed. Where's the king in this whole thing? Next, Elvis Presley. I mean, he's the foundation of it all. That documentary, I still keep watching. Every time it's I on, I leave it on. It's amazing. I love the part where they talk about how he had to watch the music that inspired that he inspired pass him by. Like he was the he was making music that the Beatles and the Stones and all of them were influenced by, but by the time they got over here in 64, he was doing movies and he was in this this bubble of Hollywood. Yeah. You know, he wasn't cool. Malaise. He wasn't cool to the people he inspired anymore. Right. He was just watching them. Or I guess like, the uh, way to say it is he wasn't cool to the people who were fans of the bands he inspired. Yes. By then, he was already sort of a, a kitschy kind of figure because mm-hmm. he was doing all those cheesy movies because the Colonel was an absolute, I don't know, is Rapscallion the word? Carpetbagger? Yeah. I don't know. He's like kind Rapscallion. of a He wasn't a, uh, he, he didn't even have citizenship. He was a huckster. He was a huckster. That's a it. A trickster. James Brown at number five. But, like, I don't even see him as being rock and roll. See him as more like funk. Soul funk R&B. Prince. Prince has to come after James Brown, he writes, but it should be noticed that he could do virtually everything Brown did and also wrote cosmic songs and also played guitar just about as well as anybody on this list. Do you remember the famous While My Guitar Gently Weeps performance with Tom Petty singing and Prince yes. playing guitar? Yes. Whoa, that is smoking. You don't even notice that Prince is there because he's just kind of in the shadows, and then he comes out and just murders it. At the end of that performance, he throws his guitar up in the air, and it doesn't seem to come down. It's very strange. No, it never did. I always Somebody should go that back to that theater. It's probably stuck in the rafters. I just always imagined that Jerome from the time was hanging upside down from the, from the light <laughs> rig, and he just caught it. Caught it like a trapeze artist. I just think Jerome's everywhere. I like anywhere around that Minnesota funk crew. I always imagine Jerome is lurking. He's in the bushes. Oh, wee, oh, wee, oh. Uh, the Ramones at number seven. Among other things, these guys were rock critics, meaning that they thought the rock of the day sucked. And they thought Joey Ramone or Johnny Ramone is one of the most miserable people in the history of rock and roll. And I guess that attitude was necessary to make them the band they were sure <laughs> it was great he was on his deathbed when joey was on his deathbed johnny they're like johnny you're gonna go visit joey and he's like no i wouldn't want to see somebody i hate on my deathbed <laughs> <laughs> like a good point you sound fun uh they thought a good song should be fast ironic witty ideally evocative of the girl group sound and have the vocals mixed way up high and one more thing you didn't have to know how to play your instrument to be in a rock and roll band I don't know. Number eight, he has Nirvana. Wow. You know, Nirvana deserves everything they get. It's not a band that I go back and listen to a ton, but no doubt about it. They did change a lot. Writes aptly here. The psychological honesty of Cobain's song was groundbreaking. Sonically, they blew a hole in the radio and wrenched the entire recording industry sideways, rolling uh, roiling radio playlists, MTV, and as a consequence, the the sales charts. I always wondered if people who are like way into the Pixies and stuff like that get pissed uh, about Nirvana's legacy not having been bestowed upon the bands that 
influence them. Yeah. Like when Green Day came out, like all the like Social D fans, uh, you know, who are like, they're just they're doing Social D. Are they pissed because they get all the big fame? Oh, probably. I mean, for every band that becomes famous, there has to be hundreds of bands in their wake that are pissed. I love that Green Day played like some like independent music hall in Oakland all the time, which was like the like the equivalent of like the Roboto project here. Mm-hmm. And they got banned from it once they got famous because like for quote unquote selling out and they were playing the same songs that they were playing back then. Billy Joe did go super commercial. Hey, listen, we can't have any successful bands performing here. You know how that is. Oh, yeah. It's the whole the hipster ethos. As soon as it come, becomes popular, it's passe. I used to listen to them when. But the uh, in, in their fans' defense, Billy Joe did record an album with Nora Jones of Everly Brothers songs and do a Broadway musical. Yeah. Which I believe is available at Starbucks. Number nine, Buddy Holly. Probably, you know, of all the big losses, everybody talks about Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Buddy Holly. Boy, was imagine what he might have been capable of. His lyrics were nowhere near Barry's, but there was a power logic undergirding his songs that everyone from the Beatles to Springsteen recognized and would build on true. Then he has Muddy Waters at number 10. The last... Uh, deserving we got to hear this band who's the worst he feels at number 214 he has bon jovi oh ouch this is what he wrote now this is from vulture.com music critic bill wyman not the bass player for the stones the guys in bon jovi aren't in a rock band bon jovi are the guys in the movie about a rock band all the members are good at their job but however effectively they have postured toothless outlawry Wanted, dead or alive, as if. Pouty naughtiness and dangerous hairstyles. Pouty naughtiness. They have produced only one passable chorus in its 30-year-plus history, and that's with songwriting help from Desmond Child. The outside songwriting help frees up the band to concentrate on things like hairdos and marketing. (laughs) Full list is at Vulture.com. You can watch number 214 be inducted when highlights of this year's ceremony air Saturday on HBO. I don't know how you could criticize Bon Jovi above everybody else in the 80s for focusing on hair. Come on. Anybody that was making music in the 80s, the hair was half of the thing. This kind of feels like to me like this guy lost a chick to Tico yeah. Torres. Right. Like the drummer took a chick from <laughs> Bon Jovi. Some chick he, he was hot after he just could not stop some- Playing Bon yeah. Jovi jams. He had the thing for some bridge and tunnel chick coming into the city <laughs> to hang out, and he thought this was the one, and she's like, oh, no, I'm going out with Tico Torres. <laughs> and he's forever held a grudge. Every uh, time they yeah, every time they go out on a date, karaoke night, Johnny used to work on the die. Oh, <laughs> swear to God. Can you get me Bon Jovi tickets? That's what it was. He took her to a Bon Jovi no show, question. and Tico had a roadie. Like he signaled her out, and she came. You know, he came over with one backstage pass. Sorry, but uh, you can't go back. <laughs> Other bands he thinks need to be inducted that have not yet: Radiohead, Todd Rundgren, Roxy Music, Warren Zevon, The Go Go's, Lonnie Donegan. That's such a great Pittsburgh name, Lonnie Donegan. Lonnie Donegan. 
Casey and the Sunshine Band, Joy Division, New Order, Ian Hunter in Montehoople, Kraftwerk, 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 War, I wholly agree on that. Jonathan Richmond, yeah. Willie Nelson, New York Dolls. I can't believe all these guys aren't in. Kraftwerk again. Kraftwerk again. <laughs> the Doobie Brothers. Double inducted. How is X not in there? I thought they would have been there by now. George Michael. The Jam. Graham Parker. And Los Lobos. Did well, you know that Donna Summer is in the uh, Rock and Roll Hall? I did. Yeah. Uh, why, why, why is she in there? I don't think Frank. I don't know. She's a disco performer. Giorgio Moroder did all of her yeah. production. I'd did uh, we lose Napoleon Murphy Brock? So they call us to schedule an interview and then blow it off. I think everybody should go see him anyways because he's a genius and Project Object is great, but that pisses me off to no end. I hate when they do that. Do they have the same publicist as Bob Seger? The Bob Seger story, for those who don't remember, will go down as one of the most embarrassing days ever here. (laughs) There was miscommunication (laughs) between... Us and Bob Seger's camp as to who was supposed to call who, and Bob Seger was waiting on us to call him, which I still I, don't no, understand. I thought you said, I'm, I'm good, Spider. That's what it was. So Bob Seger, we're waiting on him to call. He doesn't call, and we get all pissed at Bob Seger. So he's standing by the phone. His manager calls in, in our producer and says, like, hey, what's going on? And then we get our wires crossed again. And we're waiting for him to call, and he's waiting for us to call. Bob Seger waited for us for an hour and was furious. That's with so sad. He specifically said he wanted to do an interview with DVE because of its legacy. Right. And so he was being totally cool, and we screwed it up. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Here's Matt Bronger, DVE. Well, my friend uh, Charlie worked at a resort in Michigan, on on Lake Michigan. It was like an upscale place. And uh, he worked in kind of a banquet uh uh, setting kind of restaurant and um, uh, Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band had uh, finished a, uh, a nationwide tour and they were they were taking a weekend for them and their families just to hang out there at the resort and so my friend Charlie's like setting up tables and it's like late afternoon and Bob Seeger comes in and sits down at the bar there and, and no one's in there and he's he's in there and, and, he, and he orders like a double uh, Captain and Coke and drinks and he's and Charlie's you know uh, setting things up and and uh, uh, Bob Seger's just slamming down drinks and so uh, people start milling in and they start setting up tables and uh, uh, basically uh, Charlie forgot about seeing uh, Mr. Seeger but then uh, goes back over to uh, this table which is Bob and his, his family and then like all his bandmates and their families and it's a big round table and everyone's talking and drinking and hanging out and Bob Seeger is asleep on his plate, uh, face down, um, and everyone around him is acting as if, well, hey, that's Bob. <laughs> like, what are you, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? He's our meal ticket. What are you gonna wake him up? You're gonna wake him up and get fired? I'm not. I'm gonna, my kids next to me. I'm gonna tell him Uncle Bobby's doing a funny joke right now. Uh, it's called swimming in his spaghetti. It's something he does every time. It's delightful. Um, so the manager, after a while, grabs my friend Charlie and is just like, "Hey, Charlie." Like, can you uh, get you know uh, one of these uh, one other waiter and 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 just get Mr. Seeger up to his room? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. So they get him up and they they take him to the elevator and you know he's kind of it's basically like weekends weekend at Burns, right? And they're taking him down the hall and when they get to his they get to his room, uh, Bob basically wakes up like ah, what? and he's and he's like, what do you get off me? I'm fine. 
We're like, okay, they're like, okay, okay. Yeah, that weird sort yeah. of uh, semi-conscious drunk yeah. state. Yeah. And, and add the weight of the celebrity of yes. Bob Seger oh. to that. That's yeah. an uncomfortable Just spot to be in. Indignant. Right. Yeah. So like, you're out of there. How, right? how dare you lift me? <laughs> I float. I float on rock. And so they, they they left him in his room and they go downstairs. About a half hour past, the manager goes over to Charlie. He's like, hey, uh, you got to go help Mr. Seeger. He's like, I did. He's in his room. Like, no, he's not. They go upstairs. Oh, asleep in the hallway. <laughs> Didn't make it into his room. So they go and they open the door and they get him and they put him on the bed. And there's crushed beer cans everywhere. And there's an ashtray full of smokes. And there's that... There's that wooden that wooden uh, 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 weed pipe. That one, oh, that, yeah. that one you had in college before you discovered how to get nice out. ones. Yeah, yeah that yeah, nasty, so gross wood that, one. The, the thing that was, screens that was next set to on it. fire. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the faucet lost its if you, screen. If you didn't have a screen, the whole bowl would just go right in your throat. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, this is a bad idea. Yeah. So... Uh, they and they they shut the door and then so the next day, uh, there's Bob Seger, Silverball Band and, and and family and everything. Yeah, they've got a they've got a yacht. They're all gonna go out on the on the uh, or a big boat. They're all gonna take out onto the on the Lake Michigan, and uh, Charlie's making sure everyone gets on the boat okay. And uh, Bob Seger passes him sunglasses on, of course, and uh, Charlie can't resist and he's like, uh, so Mr. Seger, uh, pretty wild night last night, huh? And Bob's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, uh, me and uh, Mike, my coworker, we had to carry up to his your room last night. And Bob Seger goes, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we closed that bar down, hit about three or four more. <laughs> no, no, you did not. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Which is like, what is his truth? Yeah. Like, what does he believe? And I was extrapolating that in my mind. I was like, what What does he think he's gotten done when he's been hammered? And what has he gotten right, done? Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the one hand, it could be like, 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 like yeah. Bob, you fell down a flight of stairs and you, uh, you took out a couple people coming up. Uh, they're, they're unconscious. Um, you know, they, they, they're, they're going to sue you. I don't know what you're talking about. I taught a kid how to speak Chinese. No, you, no, you didn't, Bob. You don't know how to speak Chinese. What are you talking about? But on the other hand, it could be like, Bob, great job, great job last night. You like, like, what do you, what do you mean? I ate a sandwich, went to sleep. No, you didn't. You wrote and recorded "Stranger in Town," an amazing classic album. Night moves. It's a great song. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I did no such thing. I don't know. Who's this? Who's this album? That's you. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. It's on the shelves, Bob. You forced us to rush it into production. You had a gun. .com. DVE Sports. With your sports right now in the DVE Morning Show. It's game four tonight, and the Caps are without Tom Wilson for the next three. Suspended for three games by the NHL's Department of Player Safety. That announced late yesterday afternoon. Sports this hour brought to you by Caseta by Lutron. Smart lighting controls. Uh, Penguins uh, will get a chance to even things up tonight. The Caps will have a chance to assume a three games to one series lead in game four. Tonight, 7 o'clock at the PPG Paints Arena. 
and on your Penn's flagship 105.9 The X. Mike Sullivan wants his team focused on the games. He wants the Penguins responding the right way. He doesn't want anybody trying to uh, seek any sort of revenge or payback or uh, an eye-for-an-eye mentality to permeate his team. They won't be able to do anything about Wilson potentially for the next three games, but uh, Mike Sullivan wants the Penguins keeping their eye on the ball. Crystal Tang said there is recent precedent to suggest that's exactly what they're going to do tonight. Well, I mean, I think we're between the whistle. Uh, that, that, that's what we did. Um, after the whistle, we walked away. Um, there's not much business to do. There's nothing to gain. So, uh, But I liked our answer. I, I like the Alexiak uh, came came out, give some good body check, Gensel, uh, Kunako, a lot of guys stepped up, and uh, they played between the whistle. Yeah, I liked their answer as well. I, I think that kind of got lost in all the emotion of the – Wilson, Aston, Reese incident. The Penguins kept it together. They did not fall apart. They didn't lose their minds. Uh, they kept playing, and they were in position to win that game because of it. Didn't win it, but they they approached it the way they're going to need to continue to approach. I think it's another confirmation of of kind of the discipline and focus that Sullivan's been able to inflict on this team. It's one of the reasons they've had the success that they've had the last two postseasons, and they're going to need to lean on that again in this one, particularly tonight. Also uh, encouraging from the Penguins' Game 3 performance was uh, a power play unit that is starting to figure things out. I think we moved it quicker. Um, obviously, having Gino there, it's another threat. Uh, he's a dangerous player with a lot of skill and a good shot. So um, I think they they might have uh, paid attention a little bit to him too. So, um, But I, I think overall, we simplified things. We shot the puck, and uh, we got rewarded. Boy, the room that Malkin had on that power play was staggering to me. It's almost like the Caps didn't know he was there. On on the goal, they just basically left him alone in the circle, mm-hmm. and he turned around and saw there was nobody there and just drove the net, and then Hornquist was on the other side. Bang, they're going to score that way. If they get that play to make, they're going to score. That was a great play by Hornquist, too, to, to, to box out and kind of yeah. gain position there. And uh, they exploited, uh, among other guys on that play, Dmitry Orloff, number 9, one of the Caps' uh, primary defensemen. He looks like he's in a little over his head to me in this series. I would keep going at number nine. He's supposed to be better this year. I haven't seen it in this series. That might be a guy that uh, they can exploit. Uh, Another subject kicked around uh, in the Penguins' locker room yesterday was secondary scoring. It would be great to have, but uh, Crystal Tang thinks that the most important aspect of these games is how many goals you get, not necessarily who gets them. Yeah, I mean, uh, in the playoff, uh, they're low-scoring games. So um, whoever's going to score a goal, we don't care. Uh, but right now, those guys are playing well. Sid and Gantz are playing well. Uh, Gino got back into it. He got a couple of chances at the post. Um, but overall, I think, uh, I think everybody... Played pretty good. Everybody had chances last game, so uh, it doesn't matter who scored. At the end of the day, we just won to win the game. Pirates lost to the Nationals 9-3 last night. Uh, Ivan Nova lasted four and two-thirds innings. 11 hits, eight runs, five of them earned, two walks, and five Ks. Bucks falling to 17-14 and 14 on the season. They've been beaten 3-2, 12-4, and 9-3 in D.C. They'll Take uh, one last shot at the Nationals this afternoon. Trevor Williams against Jeremy Hellickson at 105 
p.m. Uh, a little more for you before I get out of here today, uh, based off my conversation with Oklahoma State offensive coordinator Mike Yersich, particularly uh, this hour as it relates to Mason Rudolph. Uh, this is a scouting report on Rudolph from Dane Brugler's 2018 NFL Draft Guide. I've been subscribing to this for the last three years. I think Dane Brugler's a up-and-comer in this scouting community. Uh, he does a really good job on his draft guide. I, I think he's got a lot of good detail and insight. Here's what he had to say about Rudolph before the draft. Quote, Thrived in the Cowboys' up-tempo spread passing attack, exclusively shotgun pistol, that is designed to exploit single coverage and make it tough for defenses to identify personnel. The most important question, when the first read is taken away, can he effectively go through his progressions while feeling the rush to find an open window? Rudolph wasn't asked to consistently do this in college. In other words, Brugler is of the theory, as a lot of people are with Mason Rudolph, that he's basically a one-read guy. The offense is spread out. He's in the gun. Kind of know where you're going before the ball is snapped. Catch it and throw it. You got to do a whole lot more than that in the NFL. But uh, Mike Yersich, the OC at Oklahoma State, is adamant that Mason Rudolph is not, repeat, not a one-read guy. Oh, hell no. I mean, that's that's ludicrous. No, no, we got a lot of progressions, and, and he's been a, a masterful, especially, uh, you know, checking the ball down all the way to the tailback, which a lot of times is our third or fourth read. Um, he's done a magnificent job of uh, keeping his eyes downfield and going through going through the progressions. We have uh, several concepts in our offense in which he'll go through one, two, three, four, five receivers and check the ball down. Now, you know, how many times does that happen, you know, in football as a whole, not very much because the the amount of time that you have to get rid of the football, and especially in the NFL level where you got to get that ball out in less than 3.3 seconds on average. So when you take the math into account of how much time you really have and how many progressions there are, that really limits quarterbacks across the board from really getting through four progressions. It's usually one, two, and then sometimes there's a third. In reality, that's what we're really talking about here. Yeah, a guy in his position is obviously not going to agree with the suggestion that he runs a gimmick offense. But what the Cowboys did and what the Steelers do are very, very different. Uh, last thing on Rudolph, this was the pre-draft scouting report from NFL.com. Could be an early backup with the potential of being an average to below average starter. Lots of different opinions about Mason Rudolph. Stan Saverin, live in studio when we come back. It's a DB morning show, and Stan, the man Saverin, joining us right now. First of all, Stan, uh, I want to uh, congratulate you on your inclusion on the Pirates Media Wall of Fame. Yeah, It's long overdue. You deserve to be on every wall of fame. Every wall, really. Uh, Are you on the wall of Permanis, the the mural? um, You have to be, right, you and Guy? I don't think so. I, I, I think... Well, I know my picture uh, is up in the Carlton restaurant, um, and just like do you not said, serve I'm sure or is it an honor? Several urinals. There's several of those going around. Um, I, I I honestly don't know, but um, uh, the, the pirate thing I, I actually found out about three weeks ago, and then they released it two days ago, and I. Uh, I was stunned, really. I, you know, and it's, this sounds cliche-ish, but I, I, I really was. I was stunned. I mean, it never on, you know, my consciousness. And um, 
uh, I, I'm really humbled, flattered, because it's you know a media wall of fame. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because I've been around for a long time, but I'm uh, happy to be going with Bob Smyzik, who I admired a great deal and was the beat writer for the Pittsburgh Press when I first came to Pittsburgh. And um, I, I'm I'm really honored. I just you know yeah I, you know I really am. Did I see? Was there like one of those old archive photos of uh, uh, like archive Pittsburgh Twitter accounts? There was a picture of Bob Smizek. It looked like he was coaching a scrimmage at Pitt spring game. They let him coach a spring game. Yeah, yeah, they, they used to do that. I think it was the Twitter. I saw somebody tweeted that. I don't know if it was Pitt or. So did they let the media coach the team? Well, coach the team. I, I mean, they really didn't. It was just you know symbolic I know. and. Stand there, put a hat on, and get to say exactly. run, run a draw every ten minutes, and you know. yeah, they should do that with the basketball team again. This they year, might, they might have to recruit some of the writers to play <laughs> for the basketball team. Uh, hopefully, they write the rudder there. But um, before we uh, get into that, let's first talk about the Tom Wilson suspension. Three games deserved, no doubt about it. Uh, does this mark a change in the NHL's thinking, or are they just following the letter of the law that they already have laid out? I don't think it changed the thinking. If the thinking had been changed, he would have been suspended for his hit on Alexander Wenberg in their first series against Columbus. So I don't think it changed uh, the thinking. Uh, I think that they were under great pressure this time. Uh, It was accumulation of those hits, the one on Dumoulin, which Mm -hmm. they let go. Um, And I think that they were sort of pressured into this. I mentioned this in these Penguins reports that I do on the X and, and ESPN, uh, and that is when you have guys like Mike Milbury and Keith Jones and Jeremy Roenick and Barry Melrose saying, that's a good hockey hit, they are not people in position of authority, but they are people in position of power in shaping perception. And what they're saying was truth 30 years ago. But it's got to change. And I think the only thing that's going to change it significantly is when NHL players do what NFL players did and file a multi, 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 multi million dollar lawsuit, which forced the NFL to change its rules. They didn't do it out of concern about the players' safety and well being, they did it to head off. A lawsuit, and I think they sell it for like eight hundred and fifty million, whatever it was. But once the NHL players band together and do that, then I think you'll see a significant change because of the issues of liability in court. Which, by the way, the NFL players won, and it's been upheld. Mm-hmm. Even even with all the rule changes, don't you think across all sports where there's any kind of contact to the head that these guys have to have a professional respect? for their opponent where they're not going to target them. You can try to make any rule. You can fine guys. You can suspend guys. But until these guys actually stop trying to take each other out, it's not going to stop. Well, but that's part of the culture. And if there's no retribution for doing those kinds of things, you're going to keep doing it. The chances are, if I knew there was no such thing as a police department or law enforcement, I'd rob a bank every day. Right. Because they don't do anything about it. But if you start doing things about it, I mean, significant things, I also think that they've got to just refine the language. Uh, Steve Mears tweeted this out. In the international game, any hit to the head, accidental or otherwise, there's no interpretation. It's automatic. 
Consider this analogy. In the NHL, if you hit a guy in the face with your stick, other than a follow-through on a shot, it's a penalty, two minutes or four minutes. doesn't matter if it's accidental. That's not part of the equation. It's automatic, whether you meant to do it or not. We see a lot of times, you know, sticks get tipped and it hits the guy. Nope. You hit a guy in the head, whether the, in, you hit the initial point of contact was the chest or whatever, and I realize they move quickly, but this is what the NFL did. The NFL, when they first instituted this, I believe in 2012, and there was a lot of angst around here with James Harrison and so on and so mm-hmm. forth, and they reminded me, the NFL did, of Marv Levy's great quote on NFL films, you over-officious jerks, uh, which is one of the great... Uh, yeah. But the NFL were over-officious jerks because they wanted, yes, you hit him in the chest, your head moved up, it wasn't your intent, but they wanted to ingrain in the players, lower your target area. That's the message that they wanted to send. There were probably some penalties that shouldn't have been called, but ultimately that was the objective. And guess what? It's worked. There are still some head-to-head hits, certainly, but you look at the percentages, they're way down from what right. they used to be. That's what the NHL's got to do. Stan, who do you have on the show today? Oh, that w- okay. Yep. Um, we have a, that was, well, we got seven minutes in there. Okay, good. Uh, no, that's fine. Uh, I don't get paid by the word. Uh, <laughs> no, normally I run long, but I got to catch a plane. Okay, that's important. Uh, Mark Madden will be here. Steig will be here. We're going to talk about the Wilson hit. Um, and I, I'm convinced now that Phil Kessel's hurt, and I go back to the last game of the regular season. We didn't pay much attention to it. Uh, a reluctance to shoot the puck or at the same velocity. I think there's an issue there, and they're going to need him. And maybe the most important guy in this series, I've Matt Murray. He's got to be better. Yeah. Hopefully tonight he'll do that. I think the team that wins tonight, in my opinion, team that wins tonight wins the series. 7 o'clock puck drop tonight? Yep. Game four. Let's Pens, go, Caps. You can listen to it all on our brother station, 105.9 The X. Thanks to Stan. Thanks to our buddy Matt Huff. Huffy for uh, uh, giving us the review of the Avengers Infinity War movie. Matt is a, a heart recipient at Children's Hospital. That's right. And uh, he is our official Superhero movie reviewer. Marvel comic movie reviewer. Nobody knows the movies better than him. Tomorrow on the show, Molly Alphabet Except will be Sean performing. Collier. And, yes. And, and Sean. Tomorrow, Molly Alphabet uh, performing live for you here on the show, and uh, I'll uh, hopefully be in New Orleans. But uh, Have a blast. Not Yeah. I'll, I hope, hopefully it all goes well. Let me get out of here. Uh, let's go pants. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.